First, I'd like to thank Jason and Rich for coming on. It was great getting your story, Jason. It was great hearing your perspective, Rich. And then we had just put on a class, and so it all came in together for an awesome episode. Hope you guys enjoy. If you know anybody that you'd think would like a podcast about aerial rescue, uh, then do me a favor and just hit the share button and text this episode to them. This is a really good one. This would be a great way to introduce somebody to the show. If they're into tree climbing, this should be a fun one. And then we're just trying to get the word out there. So like, share, leave a five-star comment. All that good stuff goes a long way. Um, If anybody has any feedback or any stories they want to come on to the show with, treethinkingpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about it. And without further ado, we're going to take care of some business and then get right into it. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional arboriculture advice and should never be relied upon to perform or direct arboricultural work. The Tree Thinking Podcast makes no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, or suitability of any information on this podcast and will not be liable for any damages arising from the use of any information in the practice of arboriculture or tree work. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The podcast and its hosts are not to be held responsible for misuse, cited, and or uns- cited copies of the content within this podcast by others. The Tree Thinking Podcast may not be reproduced or distributed without the express written consent of the Tree Thinking Podcast. You guys ready? Yep. Right on. All right. One of the things I dig about our profession is the brotherhood. And one thing that makes it so strong, we all know, if you get hurt, I'm coming to get you. One of the best things about doing tree work is no job is the same. But for aerial rescue, that is one of the challenges. We train every way we can imagine, with the hope that we only use it in a competition. Why can't they get down? Do you need to set an alternative rope? How do you bring them down? And then, how does it work when the fire department shows up? On this episode of the Tree Thinking Podcast... We analyze the situation, come up with a plan, and then when help arrives, we do our best to play nice on Much To Do About Aerial Rescue. All right, we're back again. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about aerial rescue. Uh, Aerial rescue is an interesting subject because like I said in the intro, it's something we all train, or hopefully we are all training it, but also hopefully we never have to use it. That's all right. We still want to keep going and doing our best. Uh, but before we get too far into that, my name's Andrew. I'm Rob. Jamie. And Jason. Uh, tonight we got Jason Dudek. He's uh, an arborist from Wisconsin, and uh, he's got a great story to tell. I saw him on the on Facebook, on Tree Stuff, and telling this story and I just thought man we got to get this guy on for the aerial rescue episode so uh I say we just go right into stories from the field what you guys say yeah yeah I can't wait all right so uh Jason hit us with the story man yeah so last Saturday I was sitting at home with a buddy and I got a phone call from a friend uh just thought it was kind of odd 10 30 at night on a Saturday he's calling me up and picked up and he's like hey man we i got a situation we could use your help with uh 
got a plane in the forest stuck up 80 feet up in a, in a tree and we don't know what to do. Like we don't, we don't know how to access that, that type of height. And we don't know, we don't, we don't understand the safety of a tree and stuff. Like we could really use some advice out here. Would you mind coming out? And I'm like, uh, of, of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on my way, buddy. And uh, I, I was sitting here with a friend and my wife and I'm like, sorry, got to go. I uh, changed my clothes like real quick and was out the door. Uh, figured I wasn't sure, but I'm like, you know what? I better grab some gear and stuff. So I, my, uh, my work truck is, is parked like two blocks away. And so I stopped up there, grabbed my big shot, a couple throw lines. Uh, I'm like, he said, you know, it's 80 feet up in a tree. I'm thinking, all right, it's probably 40, 50 feet up. Right. right. You know, <laughs> but just in case, grab the 200 footer, grab my ascenders and my saddle and stuff. And I'm like, all right, that's, I got the basics here. It's like, if it's a rescue, they're going to have rigging stuff that they're bringing. Like, I shouldn't need that. Just get out there as fast as you can. And I mean, it, it was about a half hour drive. Uh, got out there and, uh, they're they're like all right grab your gear and stick it in this utv We're, we'll take you back there right away and i'm like what so what's really going on here <laughs> they're like you know plane stuck up in a tree and people are all right but like we don't know what to do you know we've been cutting a, a path back there so you guys could get the utv back there and we ended up getting back there uh one of the guys was like hey i'm in charge like we we don't know what what where to start with this one and i looked up and i'm like lord they they weren't they weren't joking this thing is 80 feet up in a tree <laughs> like these are big old growth uh it's an old growth forest and i mean there's 140 foot trees in there and it's like oh okay like started looking at it like all right the tree looks that the plane is in is looks like it's all right it's an oak tree you tell, i don't see any broken branches and apparently they, they told me like, yeah, it had a parachute. So it kind of just coasted in there. It didn't actually like crash land in there. And I'm like, well, all right, that that's kind of looking fine. And started thinking like, maybe I could shoot a line through there and, you know, hook to a different tree and started walking around a little bit, tripping on stuff in the forest. I mean, it's pitch black, you know, missing out. Everyone's got flashlights and stuff. And, all of a sudden I looked up and I saw a really nice crotch in a tree with a, you know, really nice chunk of wood next to it. And I'm like, you know, could probably set a line up there for you and go up and put some rigging up there. And the guy looked at me and he's like, you, you, you could do that. And I'm like, yeah, I could be up there in about five minutes and set that stuff up for you. And he's like, yeah, whatever you need, like you, you let us know, go, go ahead. And, Everyone was kind of wondering too. I could hear the whispers in the background, like, "Why did you have a gun case?" You know, and I'm like, it's, it's a big shot. It's it's a slingshot, and so all of a sudden I pulled it out, and everyone's like, "Oh, like this is the, that's the coolest thing I ever seen!" Like what? And uh, then you know, like everyone's shining. Like there's no light back there. We're I mean, probably 400 yards back in the woods, and so people got flashlights, and they're they're holding it up, like you know. You got like six flashlights on this crotch of the tree and me with a big shot, all this undergrowth underneath me. And first shot, I nailed my shot. All right. I couldn't nice. believe it. Like Weird. 
oh, thank you, Lord, like all these people <laughs> watching me, like that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that, well, that's, you know, every, everybody uh, knows that feeling when you show up on a job, at least for me, when I identify like that's my, that's my spot, that's where I'm going to tie in. I like, it kind of gets me in the zone, but the next level yep. is hitting that shot, man. First shot <laughs> that, oh, that's a winner move. Yep. And so I ended up, uh, you know, pulling my line in and I, uh, took a, my snake anchor and base tied it to another hickory tree nearby and got my gear on. And I'm like, you know, as I'm doing that, I'm talking to one of the rescuers. I'm like, what, so what do you guys got for, you know, rescue gear? Like what, what do you want me to pull up there and set up for you? And he's like, well, you know, I got a strap with a plate and a couple pulleys and we got a bunch of rope and stuff. And I'm like, all right, that'll work. Like I'll go set that up right above my tie-in up there and then uh i'll uh, uh swing over to the the tree with the plane in it and i'll redirect everything i'll have to climb up a little bit once they get over there but i can redirect it that'll let you guys come up right by the plane so i was at that point i still you know i i wasn't sure how they wanted to actually get the people down what they what the equipment they use i figured it was just best to let them do that versus me um so i went up uh, you know, everyone was helping out. Like I was calling out all my, all my stuff, you know, all the comp uh, times that I've done aerial rescue had paid off, you know, doing stuff at Jambo, just having to call out everything. So everyone was aware and got up there, pulled up their rigging gear. Uh, like I said, I had to, didn't bring everything with me, you know, so I, I didn't have my captain's hooker. It would have been a quick shot over, but had to throw the tail end of my rope in, uh, over a, a limb, pull it back to me, pull my runner off in the dark, and <laughs> clip it, reclip in underneath that, then take a slow swing over to you know, under on the other tree. Went up, uh, set the rigging gear, and you know I'm somewhat trying to go fast, but I know the guys are in the plane are all right. You know, just making sure every time though that I unclip or clip something that I clipping um the rescuers all have uh screw lock carabiners i don't use them so it was like a weird thing for me to be using them like just double check like i'm screwing that the right way that that's locked on there right uh -huh. you know and making sure lines aren't aren't getting tangled and stuff uh got all the rigging set up and i'm joking around as soon as i got up into the tree uh, the guys in the plane were you know talking to me and i was joking around with them and like you know this is nice they're not freaking out they're they're sitting there calm they're they're you know we're you know have not having a blast but we're we're kind of joking around and stuff and uh i ended up uh swinging back over to my original tie-in spot they ended up pulling uh uh one of the rescuers up to the plane which that that was one of the things I wasn't prepared for. You know, I'd ask them like, "How are you guys getting up there? Single rope, double rope? Because if I uh, transfer this over there, like you're not going to be able to double rope it." And he's like, "No, no, we're coming up on one line." They actually started pulling him up. Okay. I wasn't really prepared for that. They don't actually ascend a rope. They don't they don't do that. So they started hoisting him up, and I was like, "The limb that we're all tied into, you could kind of." feel it flexing and i'm like okay wasn't really prepared for that one but, <laughs> you know they they got him up there and they start uh getting a saddle on the first guy and 
I mean, like I said, these the the victims. I hate to call them victims, but that's the term for them. It's like I said, they were they were fine and stuff. But the the first guy, you know, was hey, yeah, I'll put this saddle on. You know, here, all right, get that on. And then me and the rescuer started looking at it, and I'm like, wait a minute, like they're gonna take a nasty swing off of there, you know, like that's 15 feet over by me, you know, and with their weight and the height, like that's gonna freak them out. So I ended up throwing the uh, uh, tail end of my line back over to the rescuer. We wrapped it around a limb and used it as a little bit of a tagline so I could slowly let the people out. Nice. And, you know, and the first guy, I mean, you had to step off of a plane, plane wing 80 feet up and then just trust that your rescuers know what you're doing and take that, you know, slight swing out and then, you know. Leap of faith. yeah, leap of faith, and I mean, they all three of them did it. I mean, like instantly, like without hesitation and calmly. And I'm like, this was great. And then we had to tell them, you know, once they swung out, like unclip my green line, you know, so that's just the tagline, and we're gonna need that again. Like lower the people down, and did you know all three of the guys, and we're we're getting the last. It was the pilot, and it was two. I believe they're high school maybe younger college kids i wasn't sure their age but we're getting the last one out and he's like hey man he's like i don't mean to sound like really ungrateful or anything you guys are awesome he's like is there any way you guys can get our baseball gear down from here he's like <laughs> i know this plane's gonna be sitting up here for a while you uh, <clears throat> know the rescuer looked at me and he's like i don't care what do you think and i'm like I got nothing better to do at this point. Like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Already up here. So yeah. we we got the third guy down, and then we rigged three uh, bags of baseball gear down for him. <laughs> Pulled the, uh, the rescuer, ended up going down. I ended up pulling all the gear and stuff and uh, came down, and that was kind of a night. Wow. So yeah, it, it went great. Like I said, all three – all three guys were were fine they you know as by the time i got down they had already taken them out just to have them checked out by the ambulance and stuff like that uh the pilot ended up coming up to me afterwards giving me a big hug like like thanks man he's like i understand like without you i'd probably be up there till sometime tomorrow afternoon <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i'm guessing you're the first face that they saw because the fire department hadn't been up there so, yep, so yep. you were the hero, you know, like yep. they had just been through this an airplane <laughs> crash. They were lodged in a tree. They're wondering how they're going to get down. And then there's Jason coming, climbing up to the tree or up to the plane. You know? <laughs> and well, and they were, they were just, they were laughing. Clay said, I mean, I had to tie in probably about 10 feet above them, set some rigging, uh, got up to there, retied in, you know, set some stuff about 10 feet above that. But, you know, they watched me go up there and they're just like, holy cow, like, did you see how fast he did that? And that's <laughs> yeah. when, you know, I started, you know, just chit-chatting with them and stuff. And like I said, we were kind of laughing, telling, you know, some jokes and stuff like that. And, you know, it was like I said, I hate to say it was a good time, but for me it was a good time, like being able to actually use my my skills and my practice and showcase them in front of a, a group of rescuers and stuff. Like, it was it was a good time. Yeah, man. It sounds everyone's okay. I think it's safe to say it was a good time, you know, and like yeah. you were able to like showcase how important it is to like have a relationship with the the rescuers. 
Because if something yep. like that happens, we know trees, we're going to get up there way faster than they can. Like you did, yep. you know, five minutes, uh-huh. hit your first shot, you're up in the tree. Versus them, you know, if they can't get their truck in there, they got to somehow set two lines. None of our trees are rated anchors, right? And they're always used to working yep. on rated anchors. So that, that, yep. that sounds like a good time, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> no. Safe to say that. I, You know, yep. it's a bummer the guy, you know, I'm guessing that plane's a loss if it went crashing into nope. a tree. But No, they're... I'm actually trying to get in on that. They're uh, they're going to be helicoptering it out of there uh, apparently next week, and I had uh, offered my services to go actually up into the tree to to set rigging so that uh, they can just drop lines down to me and and pick the plane off if they don't want to. You know, if they're not comfortable dropping people down onto it from a helicopter to do it, you know, or if they just want an extra hand while you know they're up there. I'm assuming there might be a few limbs that need to be cut to make it easier for it to get out of there too. So, wow, that'll be a cool gig. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm hoping to get in on it. I'm my fingers are crossed right now. It's only fair to get you in on it. I I would hope so and stuff, but yeah, like I said, you never. Right, you know, insurance companies have their own thing, and it that's what it is. The uh, the plane, you know, the insurance that the guy's got, you know, is the one taking care of it. Because I, I had offered, you know, if they could get permission from the forest, I mean, we could rig the plane up to, to other trees over there, and we could remove the tree that it's in, and then slowly lower it down. Not that it wouldn't be a extremely time-consuming process, and then you'd have to disassemble the plane to get it out of the woods too. Because, like I said, we we barely got a little. Uh, two-man utv back there yeah that'd be uh that'd be a lot of work to disassemble a plane and move it out (laughs) and (laughs) i'm just wondering i wonder how many people have rescued how many arborists have rescued uh people out of a plane that crashed into the trees i I mean i've never heard of it before i'm or even just people not in the industry, not other arborists. Yeah, you, know? you you might you might be, uh, you know, cutting some new territory. Here. Rare air, rare yeah. air, right well, there. They, they did do uh, uh, what was it? The, I believe at the North American Open Masters tree climbing competition, they actually did do a a plane rescue. They pulled the uh, the cab of a Cessna up in a tree and they they had people pulling victims out and a lot of people picked on them about it like this isn't even realistic like there's no arborist <laughs> is ever going to have to go get somebody out of a plane you know like let's do a bee sting or you know a concussion or somebody <laughs> cut themselves no you guys are having fun pulling a plane up but it's not realistic and stuff well a lot of people were commenting this week. I guess we're taking our comments back. So, nice. well, so the people who hosted Naom were they the ones who crashed the airplane? <laughs> I have like, see it as no real. idea where they got it from. Yeah, huh? I actually, laughed that it took them like six months to actually go get the plane back out of the tree. Yeah. Oh, at the competition. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they left it in there. It was. Uh, I saw. <laughs> friend of mine nick markley was posting that uh i think like a month or two ago that he was getting it down and i'm like 
that thing's still up there. Like that, <laughs> the competition was like six months ago, dude. Oh man, I wish I knew it was there. It would have been fun to go check it out. <laughs> wow. So the so during the rescue, the means of getting the the victims down to the ground was uh, get them on a harness and then tie them off to a rope that went through an anchor that had a pulley on it, and they lowered them. Uh, they control lowered them from the ground. Yeah, they they clipped them uh, to the basically did a knot on the end of the rope uh, carabiner to the saddle, and then that went through a pulley about ten feet above the plane on a limb, and then uh, was redirected over to the limb that I was on in the other tree, and then went back down to the ground. And I don't know what they used as a belay system down there, but yeah, they lowered each person one at a time, just slowly brought it down and then uh, pulled the rope back up, did the next one right after that. And then the rescuer to get up, they the, the ground crew hoisted the, the uh, firefighter or the high-angle rescue rescuer. Yeah. They, they pulled him up by hand? They pulled him up on that, on that same system uh, wow. instead of, you know, lowering down. They actually cranked him up. And, you know, through the read, you know, like yeah. he was coming up right directly on, uh, under the plane. And I, like I said, I got a limb that was like 10 feet above it where I was able to put the redirect so that when he came up, he had a solid limb to put his foot on and wasn't, you know, trying to pull himself up on anything. Mm-hmm. He had a nice, you know, as soon as he got up there, he could put his foot on something, put a lanyard around or, you know, tie himself into the branch. And then still reach into the right into the uh, door of the airplane that had blown off. So they they just pulled him up by hand. Yeah, they. I I mean I don't know how many guys they had. I couldn't see down there because they had, I think probably at at the beginning they had like six of those bright Milwaukee LED lights like aiming right up. So I mean when I was looking down, all I was almost going You're blind, blind. From, yeah. from the light, but. Towards the end of it, cause, I mean, we were, like, I got out there probably 11.15, and I'd say it was around 3.30, 3.45 when I got my gear pulled out. So their batteries were actually dying, and, I mean, towards the end there, there's, like, eight people with flashlights, and I think only two or three lights left. Oh, that's annoying. We, I've, I've been in this... Again, working for me and Jamie went on a call out, what, like, uh, probably six months ago. Yeah. Something like that. And it was, it was same thing, middle of the night. It was probably a six hour job in the middle of the night. And we had the same thing, just those handheld spotlights that we have like eight or 10 of them charged. And they're great. Cause you can, you can kind of prop them up. So you prop them where you're working and you just, you, it were, but after a couple hours, man, they just start fading out. And then by the end of our job, Jamie was just with the last light that was barely bright, just shining it wherever I needed it. <laughs> well, that, you remember the butternut job? We had the light. The we rented the big like six thousand watt, you know, halogen light stations yeah. with generators. That that yeah. was kind of annoying because of how loud the generators were. I mean, that was before the scene of headsets and whatnot. So. Couldn't hear anything. Oh, you you're couldn't hear anything. By the light and you're oh. trying to cut down a huge tree. <laughs> yeah, I was up in the tree and people are yelling at me to do stuff, and I'd look down and be blinded and <laughs> couldn't really hear them. <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> wow, that's, 
that's one of the things I didn't grab. I I specifically grabbed a different hard hat, except the the one without my Cena on it, because I knew nobody was gonna have one. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that if I need, you know, like I don't want to. If I do do something, like I don't want to get stuck on stuff, catching on stuff that's gonna be useless. Like, just grab one without it, and you know, like, kind of sad though. Like, though, even when the rescuer got up to the plane. I was ended up yelling stuff down. He's like, I can't yell that loud. Can you just yell? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're all yelling up at me like, how, how are the victims doing? Like, they're fine. Nothing's going, you know, no numb body parts. They're, they're, they're fine. They're comfortable. L- loud voice helps on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, that's an old school arborist trick. You learn how to get real loud real quick if you need to. <laughs> I like how you mentioned that you you had to use their gear, like stuff that they brought, because you didn't really pack all your stuff. And like when we yep. when we train or we do competitions, we we have time to like look at it and set everything up, and we're prepared, you know, for whatever the scenario is. That's pretty cool to just like show up, work with what you got, and make it work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah, like I said, I mean, I you just kind of explain, you know. Just say, hey, I got a strap you can throw over there with a little plate that I can hook up a couple carabiners to, and we can run some ropes through it. And I'm like, do you have two of those? Like, cause I got to like redirect it over to there, because otherwise that's going to be like really bad. And, you know, like, you don't want to have to try and swing people over there. Like, but I could set a pulley over on the other thing. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we got two of them. And like I said, I didn't know what I was expecting when I started pulling stuff up and. You know, here's a nice, wasn't a, uh, like, what did they have? I think, like, six holes on a plate. Uh-huh. And they had uh, two uh, two uh, uh, carabiners on that with two camp pulleys, I think. And so it, I ended up, after I did that, I ended up clipping another one of my carabiners in it and then pulled my line up and uh, redirected myself for a higher tie-in. To that same system just as a backup yeah and then yeah. you use like a just a regular strap to tie it off like two wheeler webbing or yep yeah they had like a, a webbing stra- uh webbing uh loop with uh like i said a carabiner on that that went to uh the plate that had two more carabiners with uh with two pulleys on it and then i pulled up and you i was actually laughing because i'm like these guys have brand spanking new lines. They're all kind of still twisted and coiled yeah, like they've never, never been, been pulled on and used. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, or, all right. Like, you know. That's why you're up there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, a week ago, we were teaching, well, we were helping uh teach some scenarios for this TCIA aerial rescue training. And we were talking, there's, you know, there's like what 20 people there or something. And we were talking to them. And one of the things we were talking about was our experience at the rescue rally. Um, and how one of the lessons we learned from that was kind of acting it out, acting out the scenario kind of made it kind of yep. gave you a feeling of like, Oh, you kind of get a little adrenaline, you know, when everybody's kind of into it Yep, and, and running from spot to spot was, was that something that uh, transferred into a real life scenario? Did you feel any of that? same stuff or was uh how was it one of those things where you once you were there you're just in the moment well once i was there i was just i just kind of got in the moment uh like i 
I, you know, showed up and I was kind of just looking at the one tree and then I'm like, you know, like before you like make any recommendations, like slow down a second. Like they said the people up there, all right, you know, like do your thing. Like, like you do every job site, like, you know, and we talk about that when we do comps and stuff like that, like pretend it's a normal day. Don't get yourself worked up, you know, slow as fast and, you know, or, uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast, you know, just take your time, you know, observe everything around you. And, it, you know, so I started walking around, taking a look at stuff. And, you know, as soon as I noticed something and the, you know, the guy's like, yeah, just, just do whatever. That's when stuff really kicked in. Um, but then one of the things that did happen is that when I was pulling my rope up, uh, I ended up popping a little, you know, I had yelled clear you know, like pulling my rope up. And I even asked one of the guys like, Hey, kind of just make sure my rope goes up smoothly. Well, of course you're pulling the rope up and I busted a little nub off and you could hear it come flying down. And it ended up, uh, I think clipping one of the guys on the top of his hard hat. <laughs> and that's when I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Just like, all right, you're, you're working with people that don't understand all your commands and stuff like that. Like, you got to watch out for these guys and make sure they're understanding what you're saying and, and whatnot. And I'm like, so I just kind of stopped, thought about it for a second. I'm like, all right, like when I yell all clear, I need everyone to like pay attention, like under the tree and stuff like that. And then from like then on, you know, like I just made sure to like really yell stuff out. Like, I don't care if I sound like an asshole, pardon the language there, but I, I just want everyone want. to pay attention to me here, you know, when I say something because, you know, everyone's got to be on the same page here. We all have to work together. We all have to be doing, you know, on the same page with stuff. And it, yeah, like the, the rescue rally thing really did kick in. Like just, you know, like we, you worked through scenarios there and you worked out little kinks and you realized in an actual rescue, like what, what could go wrong and what you had to think about, you know, in order to get something done and it helps open your eyes to, you know, that train of thought of trying to figure something out and the best way to do it and whatnot. Wow. That's cool. Pretty freaking cool, man. That that's gotta be quite the, it's like a once in a lifetime experience for a climber and arborist to, to have the opportunity to do what you did. And it, it just, uh, uh, it's an amazing story. Yeah. I, you know, this is uh, episode 21 for us. I believe, and so nice. far, and I think it's going to hold for a while, that is the best story from the field. <laughs> you won story from the field. Wow. Well, thank you much. Yeah, we don't have any prizes for you. Yeah, yeah. But, all right. You just got to put up with us as the prize, but, you know. So so do you have a company? Yeah, uh, Dudek Tree Service in uh, McGonagall, Wisconsin, Uh Started it uh, 13 years ago. Uh, just a small thing, and uh, until last year, it was mainly just me contract climbing with uh, one of my buddies. We'd go help other tree services around that were, you know, pretty much bucket guys, and uh, did a lot of, you know. So we've we've worked with a lot of, you know, crews that weren't all there. You know, we've ended up going and working for companies that just didn't have the whole safety thing, didn't have the whole training thing and whatnot. Uh, last year, business kind of picked up, and I ended up hiring three guys and just kind of doing the full-time thing by myself. And 
it's been going pretty well ever since. So nice. cool. Nice. Do you, have a, you. do you have a website at all? That I don't. I haven't. I haven't gotten that far yet. Just uh, just the Facebook page and stuff. But uh, you know, it, and that's Jason. Yeah. Jason Dudek is the the Facebook page. Yeah, Jason Dudek, or there's a Dudek Tree Service. Nice. Nice. Dude with a K. Dude Easy with for a K. everyone to look <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, what sort of so I know you were in the rescue rally, and that was definitely like yep. a safety rescue practice. But what what do you do with your company other than that? Like, do you have regular training set up or anything like that? Well, me, me and the the one guy that I've been doing it with for pretty much almost all thirteen years of it. Uh, like the first two years, he was kind of working for another company too. Uh, I didn't have the work to keep him, you know, full time employed and stuff. Uh, but we, me and him do a, a lot of, uh, just watching webinars. We practice stuff. We climb together all the time and just, you know, just messing around as, you know, buddies learning new gear. Uh, when we started doing stuff, like we, we started old school, like whip, you know, take your rope, whip it over a crotch, tie it back into yourself, your hip thrust up there on a Blake pitch and Split stuff. Tail. and. Yeah, running yep. the split tail. <laughs> uh-huh. It, it wasn't, a, I mean, it was him, you know, we found a, we're at Vermeer and grabbed a Cheryl catalog, and that's where we learned about a throwball and stuff and started, you know, like realizing, like, we really don't know a lot about tree work, and the people we work with aren't really good at, you know, teaching us stuff and kind of made it a point between the two of us to, to educate ourselves and to, to grow as, climbers and stuff and you know we started implementing the you know make you know making sure we had hard hats and safety glasses uh, you know the first two companies i worked for we nobody ever had a hard hat on it, sometimes we wore glasses and stuff and you know it's like no it's like i started seeing stuff online you know pictures of people like you know and this was before i started my business uh me and my friend worked together and you know like i said we we worked for people that didn't know a lot and we just wanted to be better. We, we ended up meeting, I think, I, I don't even remember who it was, but it was another tree service. And we saw the way they, they operated as a professional crew. And I was, you know, we're both like, that's the way we want to be right there. But like, we didn't have anybody to to talk to, to work on it. It was up to us to kind of figure the stuff out and, so we still, you know, me and him get together all the time and on weekends and we climb and we climb, to, you know, at work together. And, you know, even on job sites, we just talk stuff over like, hey, how would you, you know, if something happened right now. How would you, you know, get me down and stuff? And it's like, well, all right, well, I do this, this and this. It's like, all right. Uh, that's I mean, a, we do. Uh, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say that's a cool exercise to do at work. You know, a lot of us have center units now just like verbalize that to to your coworker. be like all right right now like what are you gonna do yeah that that <laughs> that takes no time and you it gets your gets your brain moving yep yep it, that whole thing uh that whole story of how you kind of started and trained you and your buddy <clears throat> remind me of uh talking to uh tom dunlap and he was talking yep. about how uh his definition of a hack is someone that knows the right way but refuses to grow so yep. it doesn't matter where you start out. You could, you know, everybody starts out not knowing anything, 
but it's about that that kind of desire to want to get better and to to even if you don't have hard hats on you're like oh look at that company they got hard hats on and safety glasses that seems like a pretty good idea. I guess I'll start doing that. You mean if we wear safety glasses, we're not going to get wood chips in our eyes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It still finds it's, its way in there. Yeah. It, and I I bring a stack. I mean, I have a stack of safety glasses in my truck because it, that that one, to me, I, I can't tell you how many times I've walked on the you know, uh, contract climbing, walked on the job sites and seen guys on crews with no glasses on. And it's like, um, like no, like I'm yeah. sorry. That's the one thing you one one sense that you have that you really don't want to lose. You know, oh, I'll take yeah. not hearing. I'll take not being able to feel stuff before not being able to see. You know, like it just and it's it they're cheap. They're cheap, and I mean, tree stuff. Usually, if you order something, they'll send you some free ones. <laughs> right, right, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, Andrew, my bro here, Andrew. He uh, he he did a vertical zip line and it the the big piece of wood uh broke the rope on a rock that was at the base of the tree and it was under so much tension it just recoiled back up and slapped him in the eyes and his safety glasses saved his vision yeah yeah no i a couple episodes i told the story about it in more detail but that's pretty much what happened it the big chunk of wood loaded it it hit a rock that was just under the ground. We like looked at it later and there's definitely this rock there. It hit, broke the line and that line came flying right back up at me and it actually broke the safety glasses on my face. And so you were, Oof. you're not going to hear, find anybody who appreciates safety glasses more than I do. <laughs> and now Andrew wears the biggest safety glasses you could possibly yeah. find. No. <laughs> that is very true. I I go out of my way to get giant, like ridiculously goggles. big safety glasses for. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. yeah, my preference is orange ones. I I, I bought the uh, Steel makes these orange ones, and I was just kind of trying to help the guy out at the Ace Hardware that uh, by me, you know, he bought a bunch of steel stuff, and I'm like. Ah, nobody's buying these things. I'll buy a pair of these. And man, that was like, I don't know, probably six, eight years ago. And I've never went back. Like oh, I just nice. oh, yeah. absolutely love the orange glasses for climbing in trees. It just makes kind of everything pop and a little bit more noticeable for whatever reason. Yeah. When we, it's kind of cloudy. It's kind of like a, like the sun's out. Yeah. Me and Rod it, used to call them bright and stuff on a cloudy day. Yeah, yeah. We used to call them the happy day glasses. Or sunny day. Sunny day glasses. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, God, the sunny days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, bring the conversation back towards aerial rescue a little bit. Cause, uh, that, that's the topic of the evening. Yep. What, uh, what else did you learn from that? I guess from the plane experience or from the rescue rally, or it sounds like you've done a few, well, you know, I've never seen the Jambo stuff. Is Does the Jambo have an aerial rescue component in it as well? That is, no, it doesn't. But you do a lot of, like, crazy rigging there. Uh, like, when you do Taylor Hamill's challenges, you learn a, a ton about rigging and just maneuvering stuff, but also maneuvering stuff in a controlled manner, which that that's a key thing that, you know, when I, like I said, I, I had a plan when I went up there and then my plan changed. Like I, all of a sudden, you know, we were about to like have this guy jump off a plane Take a and whipper. I like looked at it and I'm like, Whoa, dude, that, 
he's going to take a huge swing. Like, yeah. be fun for me. My kids would love it. But yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know how old the pilot was, but, you know, like. His adrenaline sure had already sure. been squeezed dry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he doesn't need that kind of excitement tonight oh, already. So, you know, it just, you know, that, that made me think, you know, just, you know, controlled rigging and, you know, understanding your, your load and, and stuff like that too. Cause you know, like we, we, the guy, the pilot was real worried when I got up there. He's like, man, like this tree going to snap. And when I redirected over and started climbing up there, there was some pressure on his, um, that tree and you could hear it creaking a little bit. And he's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And I could hear that for a second coming out of there. I'm like, it's fine. We're in Oak tree don't worry about it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm underneath the plane. You know, if anybody should be worried, it's me right now. (laughs) You know, he's like, really? Like, you're not worried about it. And I'm like, no, like you put a little pressure on trees. You're going to hear a little creaking. Like your plane sitting on 16 inches of Oak. Like, you know, think of a pine two by four that holds your house up. Like this is a lot more stable than that. Look at you. you. Know, like, you're a, you're a freaking hero comforting the firefighter. He's like, "Oh no, it's going to go." Yeah. You're like, "Don't worry about it, dude. We got this." <laughs> we're, we're we're good, man. We're good. It's we I, I know what I'm talking about here. So, yeah. That that's awesome. That's awesome. So, what what uh what were your thoughts on the rescue rally? I mean, I know we had a ton of fun doing it. You know, and learned I, a whole lot about aerial rescue and just working with the team and everything. Yep. It, it was great practice for my team. Um, the, you know, and it, I love being able to, to work with them and just, you know, just making sure my guys have understandings of different situations, like, you know, the, how to think about stuff, like I said, and be able to look at, you know, uh, you know, a situation and kind of, you know, visualize what you, what you want to do and, what equipment you can utilize to, to do that with and stuff. Uh, you know, it, uh, like, like you were know, saying, they, like you were saying earlier, um, how, how you, you originally looked at the project, got a game plan, climbed up and then, and then realized that you could, um, add to the plan by redirecting and, and, and making it to where the rescuers could get closer and the the lowering lines were closer to the victim, so yeah, that, that happens a lot in tree work. I feel like where I'll I'll climb up and I'll have like a preconceived idea of what it's gonna look like or how it's gonna play out, and then you climb up and you're like, oh my god, I can do a zip line. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're like yeah. that's oh, just yeah. way easier it, to do that. <laughs> and that that was one of the things we did. You know, we did realize is you know we sat there and yeah, you you came up with a game plan. And then you did it, and it's like that that didn't work out. Like yeah. we we got to we got to tweak that somehow. <laughs> like yeah. we, we can't go with that method there and stuff. You know, I was I I love my guys to death. They they're awesome employees, and we we do work great as a team. But I I would have actually liked to have had like more like one of my guys. Like I said, he's a great climber and stuff. The other two are kind of just ground guys, and they don't really have that much input on stuff like that they don't have that much knowledge of it uh, you know it and, from that perspective yeah and you know i i would have had a you know would have liked to have had like a team of four guys that you know to just 
you know, crush that out with like you do at Jambo. You know, you have four guys that each event that, you know, they're all like they wanted, you know, they they want to show the showcase their skills and their abilities and stuff. You know, I had two two ground guys that, you know, like did they do tree work. It's not their life like it is for me. Like they, you know, I can't blame them for not putting in their hundred and ten percent on it and stuff. Yeah, you know, I was happy they they were there to you know participate and they they did you know they they came up with stuff and and whatnot. But you know, it could have been a little bit more fun having a little bit more input. But like I said, when it comes to a regular workday, when it you know actual scenarios that we're gonna run into, you know it that's what helps my it's gonna help my guys be able to get me out of a tree like that's what I was practicing say. They, stuff like that they probably learned the most out of everybody oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah and that's, that's something we work on all the time like we're we're constantly showing you know them two guys you know like how to do different stuff how to tie different knots how to you know just even when we're pruning trees you know like we'll ask them you know at you know like how do you think we should do this? You know, like, what do you, where do you think we should start piecing this tree out? You know, like, and just see what they think, you know, and you know, when they come up with like a bad plan, like, well, I'd take this limb and then maybe this It's like, no. And here's why we're not going to do that. Cause if you take this, then this one's going to, you know, have like a weird, crazy swing to it and just going to be not as safe as if you do it this way. And, you know, we work through stuff and, you know, Every day at work, we, we are that company that comes in and we do that that walk around, that safety meeting, like, here's our hazards, here's the, you know, nice. our access points here, you know, here's what we're, you know, what each person's going to do. I'm going up, he's going to be roping, you're dragging brush, I want you keeping an eye on, you know, for walking by a sidewalk, I want you keeping an eye on pedestrians coming down and, you know, back and forth, so somebody starts walking down the road here i know about it before we start taking a piece and stuff so like it, it's always a constant thing with us like just working to always be safer and better and you know do stuff like that oh yeah and i think that was one of the benefits that i got out of the rescue rally compared to some of the other competitions i've done because one we had a team it wasn't just me. So we were brainstorming these scenarios and we had a bunch of time. It wasn't like, I'm just going to see it, watch a few people run through it and then do it myself. We got to kind of game plan it and run through it and say what worked, what didn't, and really kind of pick apart uh, and put together a plan. The one thing that was kind of that I, I wish is I wish we had more interaction with the other competitors. And obviously with that COVID, we couldn't do it, but like, there were so many awesome teams that would have been cool if we could have been interacting somehow. And, uh, you know, even if it was in between rounds or something, cause it was, it was cool just watching the videos, but it would have been cool to kind of get an idea of why they were doing what they were doing and, you know, stuff like that. Does Jambo yeah. still go on every year? No, they, they wanted to, it actually worked out for them that they were taking a year off last year. And they were thinking about doing uh, switching it to an every other year event. Okay. So, but I don't know. Uh, speaking with Nick Bonner, I don't know if they've decided if they were going to do something this year or not. They might come up with something different. But uh, as of right now, I don't think they have one uh, 
in the in the process of being put together. Well, I think we uh, us here in this room need to put a team together, and then we can go. Oh yeah. Know. Oh yeah. Oh, we'd have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope well, at some point uh, we're we're all at a jambo hanging out, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, game planning. Cool to meet you in person. <clears throat> oh, oh yeah. Like I said that that. I mean that that's one of the things, like I said, that's helped me grow as an arborist is doing stuff like that. And like I said, even when it came to this, you know, the this rescue, just being at a competition, remembering like to always call stuff out and you know, like especially when you're working with, you know, people that you're not with. And in that situation, like Jambo, like uh they switch it up how they run it each year. Like sometimes you can't like some year you can pick out a team. Most of the time it's uh it's like uh rotation. Uh so you get to work with different people and oh. that's part of the process of it. And oh, so interesting. you're Yeah, so you're in a team of four people that each one of the events it, it changes who you're competing with, you know, or and oh. working with. And so like that really helps, you know, understanding like you know, like you're, you got to communicate with people. You got to tell them exactly what you want. And that's why, like I said, I, I yelled all clear and that limb started, you know, that little nub started coming down and, you know, it's like, all right, like people aren't paying attention. You got to remember, like, these aren't your employees. They're not going to listen to you. Like the moment you say that, like my guys know, like I yell all clear, you know, they're going to yell all clear back. And when I hear that all clear, like, it means like they're all clear. These guys just kind of two people like muttered like all clear and it's like they didn't really move or do anything, you know, yeah, like, yeah. all right, you got to make sure they're listening and they're, they're doing what you need them to do. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that's a huge part of every aspect of our job is communication. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and, and if you're, if you can communicate with everybody that's around you, then, um, you're you're ten times off better than if you've got a communication breakdown or um, that's not working out. And that's a huge part of aerial rescue. You know, yeah. what, that's yep. one of the things we picked up from the rescue rally is communicating every step. It got to the point where I'm I'm just gonna so long as I'm not interrupting anybody. If nobody else is talking, I'm just gonna say what I'm doing. All right, I'm gonna grab the throw ball and set this line, or you know, I'm gonna grab yep. this line and move it over here. It might not be that, you know, you think somebody needs to know that you're doing that, but somebody else might be wondering what I should do and be like, oh, okay, that's taken care of. I don't have to do it now. You know, so it's yep. it's that, those little communications that don't seem obvious that go a long way. Um, yep. Yeah. That is, a, that is a big one right there is just saying stuff so that people do, like you said, that somebody does know it's already done. You don't need to go do that. You know, that, that was a, a key thing, you know, like you, we found out cause you ran it once and it's like two people, you know, like, all right, somebody's going to need to go, you know, tie this line on over there. And all of a sudden you run it the first time and, you know, two people run over there and it's like, all right, we only need one per person to do that. Like, all right, let's start over. Like call that out. Like, Hey, I'm running over to, you know, when I yell tie on that line, I want somebody to yell, Hey, I'm on my way over there to tie on that line for you that somebody else can work on something else and, you know, do that instead of wasting the time to, you know, meet you over there to do the same thing somebody else is already doing. Yep. Uh, another thing that I wanted to kind of get into with aerial rescue, 
And it's one of those things that it it's hard to train uh, at competitions and with these things is the interaction with the first responders. Um, I, I got a, a buddy that uh, me and Rob have been training with probably for 15 years here who's part of the fire department. Uh, should we get Rich on? Sure. I, I, I mean, I've got his phone number here, but you'll have to hook it up. All right. Here. Hey, Rich. We are going to call you from an anonymous number <laughs> on the podcast. So this, this has worked out well for me, too, and I actually was speaking with one of the uh, rescue crew uh, leads the, this afternoon, and I'm going to be going out and meeting with the, uh, doing some training with them uh, in the middle of June. Me and the, the guy that the heads the crew are going to put a little uh, thing together uh, just to show them, like, some of the gear we use and some of the ways we access trees and what, you know, ways to, you know, kind of identify like hazards in trees so that they can, you know, they, you know, tree as arborists, I don't know, I'm assuming you guys are online a lot. You see that there's, there's a lot of accidents in our industry. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I, I'd li- like to know that rescuers can understand how to get us down and, when I was out there the other day, you know, realizing like these guys are using screw gate carabiners and like, this is just weird for me. I was thinking to myself, like, what are they going to think when they see my rope runner or, you know, like an akimbo or something like that, or, you know, unisender, like, are they going to be able to figure that out to be able to, you know, disconnect that or, you know, do something with it or use it to lower me down with if, you know, they need to. It, it's you know, important like, to make those contacts because, uh, what I've found is that they are really good at what they do, but what what they do is different than what we do. So to yep. be able to bridge that gap, one, it's it's helping just the local community by helping train the firefighters, you know, not just your business, but then it's helping you because you're building these uh, relationships with these first responders that are going to be coming and, uh, you know, making those contacts. And uh, if, if they already know you when they show up on the scene, it's going to be a lot smoother of a situation. Yep. Yep. And Jamie, when, uh, on your phone, you want to turn the volume up? Yeah. Okay. Hello. Hey Rich, how's it going? Good. How's it going? Uh, going pretty good. Going pretty good. Uh, you're on with the crew. It's, uh, Andrew, Rob, Jamie, Jason. Yep. And, uh, we were just talking a little bit about aerial rescue over here and we thought we'd get the, uh, Get the opinion of a first responder, someone that kind of knows the other half of the scenario other than just us being on the job and trying to get them down. We were actually just talking about the relationship between us and, uh, you know, first responders like yourself. Yeah. So um, with our fire department, which you guys are familiar with, or Andrew is, um, we started uh, a program in our fire department to you know rescue arborists if they were hurt i know dave mcneil kind of spearheaded that and i know ben meyer worked on it with keith gillespie um and so yeah our department is depending on who you have on duty we're going to either be like shining stars or we're going to be not so great so um it just depends on who's at work that day uh 
for the aerial rescue part. So a lot of, like I've always told like everybody that would hopefully that the guys would be, their ego would be in check and that they would, you know, talk with whoever the lead is at the event, you know, when it's happened and then let us assist you in any way. Um, that's kind of what we've, we've tried to relay to everybody in our organization that if you guys get there and it's not something, you know, cause they're going to always go for using a ladder truck and try to shoot a ladder up and get somebody. And then if they can't, then they're going to use, you know, ropes. But the best thing to do is, you know, we tell them you guys don't climb every day. You don't have the, the knowledge and skills and abilities that these arborists have. And if they're not totally caught up in the call or the incident and they're not freaking out and they're calm, let them manage it and you guys support them. So that's kind of how our, that's what we teach our guys in our department. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, Jason just, uh, was on in a situation where he, he's got a buddy in, he lives in Wisconsin and he's got a buddy that works on the fire department and they had a plane crash into the trees and they called him at, 10 o'clock at night and he assisted the fire department out there and pulling some people out of the airplane that was in the canopy of the trees. Yeah. I saw I that. that. Yeah. We saw that. that. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jason was the, uh, the guy that, uh, worked with the fire department there doing that kind of a, a crazy situation because everybody was okay because, you know, other than the plane damage and the, you know, the tax dollars spent, there was no, you know, real loss in the situation. It seems like the perfect, like awesome situation. I wish I could be part of that, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 If we're confident, we always want to go out and do fun things like that and help out. So what, what advice would you have to an arborist when the, for when the fire department shows up on scene, you know, the, an arborist is there and he wants to work with the fire department. So the best thing to do, one, so fire department is paramilitary organization. We go through a chain of command. You know, obviously we have firefighter, engineer, captain, and a battalion chief. So the best thing to do is, you know, have your most confident, calm person that's there that knows everything and what's going on. And then have them, basically you have to ask, like, from the department, like, who's in charge? And it's usually the captain will come up and talk to you guys and or the chief so either a red or a white helmet and you just explain to them what the situation is and how you're going to mitigate and manage it if you can or if you can't and so that's the best way so once you do that then they can kind of go okay we got to activate the rope rescue guys to come out here or is this a simple shoot a ladder up there and get them picked off or whatever. But yeah, if you do a very organized and systematic approach with them so that they can just look at it and go, wow, these are just some dumbass guys that are out here pruning trees and don't know what they're doing. If you approach them very professionally and say, hey, this is a situation. We got a climber up here. It's hurt. We have two climbers that are ready to go up and get them. We just need your support for medical care, you know, yada, yada, yada. And you kind of have a very systematic approach. Once you do that, they're going to sit there and go, okay, these guys are the experts on scene right now. Just something bad has happened. And yes, we're here to support you. Let us know what you guys need. That's usually the best way. And I would be surprised. I can't guarantee it, but I'd be surprised. 
one out of a hundred times that someone may not say, yeah, that's okay. They're going to go, no, we have this scene. We're going to deal with it. The thing is, is most of the guys aren't qualified, can't do it or don't know how to do it. So you're probably a hundred percent of the time, they're going to totally support what you guys need to do. Okay. Yeah. So long as you seem competent and not out of control yourself. Yes. Yep. And just lay out what's happened. And then they're, they're going to just follow your guys' lead. So, you know, the big thing is, is our preference is you get your own folks out of the tree, get them on the ground, and then let our guys work their magic on the EMS side. Yeah. One of, one of the things that Jason was talking about that he got out of his experience with the fire department in Wisconsin is uh, they're planning on doing some trainings together. And I know that was big for me and Rob when we started training with you guys. Because yes. it really opened up our eyes to the other side of uh, aerial rescue situation. And it, it uh, you know, the, the fire department, you know, like you guys do your thing and you guys do it really well. And we do our thing and we do it really well. And there's a lot of, within the rope rescue stuff, there's crossover. But kind of seeing how you do it and then seeing how we do it and being able to work together to figure out the best way to do it. I don't know, that yeah. that really worked good. I mean... One of the things we learned on that first day at the Walnut over uh, at Maury Jacobs is that you guys would just set a, uh, a pick point in the tree and just basically treat the victim as a lower down. And exactly. Just lower them right out of the tree, uh, boy scout up, get a bunch of guys on and lower them down. And that was something I wasn't even thinking about then. And yeah. uh, now, I mean, at the rescue rally, at the, a competition we did uh, about a year ago, that that's how we did one of the rescues. You know, I just went yep. up and set up the pick point and cause you know, it just eliminates kind of trying to figure out what their system is and how am I going to work it? It just, you put them on your own system, you know, all that gear is good and you just get them down. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, you guys probably saw when you guys were at the, at the Walnut tree with us, we had huge variation of who was comfortable, who wasn't, you know, you got some guys that just get on, you know, ascenders and ascend up and no big deal. And then you got other guys that are like, you know, taking forever to get up there. And you got other guys that are up in the canopy like, holy shit, this is a long way down. I'm like, no, this is not a long way down. This is nothing. This is just a walk in the park. And they're like, yeah, I'm not comfortable with this. So you just have a whole varying and vast group of individuals within a fire department, you know. You know, and luckily you get, you know, it's like, the class we were at this weekend, it was just a big timber falling class, but I think there were four or five guys that were at the class that are arborists that worked for fire departments. So it's kind of crazy how many guys have side jobs or businesses yeah. in the fire department and they're, you know, out doing tree stuff. So they have that kind of that cross crossover. So and it helps. They do the same type of training with their fire department. Yeah, that's so, interesting. I've I've known a few of those uh, crossover guys like Ben and uh, Chris Borg. Yep. A lot, a lot of volunteer firefighter arborists will become yep. volunteer firefighters, and that that's great. Yep. Always great to see. Um, yep. what kind? Know a few of those myself. Yep, yep. What kind of? Uh, do you have any crazy stories about? Have you ever been on a a rescue with a arborist before? The only one that we uh, I actually got video of it. We had a guy out in uh, Benita. Um, he's actually a firefighter and I had offered him multiple times to say, Hey dude, why don't you come hang out with me? I'll show you. He just does a lot of stuff old school the way he's always done it. 
and I'm like, there's a whole new way and new breed of climber, dude. Yeah. And he just never showed interest. <laughs> and so he just still doing the same stuff he was doing. And I, I don't know exactly what happened. You know, he had a rope set and all that, but he somehow he slipped out of his harness and then it, it caught, he it was caught by his ankles. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how the hell he came out of his harness, but whatever. And he was hanging there and uh, we got sent up there to rescue him. And he was about 60 feet up in the tree in a big fir tree. And, uh, and luckily, uh, I think it was sub or EPUD, one of the two, they actually had a big bucket truck and they were out doing some, uh, just some maintenance stuff. And, uh, the volunteer fire department, as they drove by, they stopped and said, Hey, we got a guy that's falling out of the tree. It's hung up. And <laughs> can you guys come over and assess? And they drove over there and like 10 minutes before got there, they backed the bucket truck down in this guy's yard and picked him off. Wow. And, and, or we would have ended up rescuing him. And actually, Dave McNeil was one of the guys that was sent. Dave and uh, Nathan Konosik were sent on that call. So, yeah, um, that's about the only one. Um, I can tell you for, uh, I don't know if you guys, you know, keep track with the local Eugene area, but I can tell you last year we went on more tree uh, incidents than I've ever seen ever, uh, you know, in all my years working here. And I don't know if it's because there's just a lot of sprout up businesses uh, or what, but we've had multiple um, riggings where they're not communicating and dropping wood on people. Oh. Uh, we had oh. to ha we went on oh. two of those last year, and then we've been on oh. several uh, repelling out of their ropes because they short rope themselves. Oh no! Oh. And they don't tie a safety uh, knot. Tie every, a safety knot. And oh every my time God. the response is. I didn't have a safety knot tied because I, I don't want it hanging up in the tree. Well, that's fine, but have a, a long rope that's touching the ground you're tied into, too. Yeah. And so we went on probably five or six of those. And we had the last one we just went on was like three months ago, and it was a guy that had just bought some new uh, uh, hardware for ascending and repelling, and he didn't have it adjusted right, and he burned himself right into the into the turf at a pretty good speed. Um, but he wasn't necessarily hurt, but you know, we, they ran him to the hospital and entered the trauma system. But yeah, we've had a lot of those injuries and most of all of them have been people falling out of the ropes. Man. Interesting. And I'd say, Ooh. I would say it was at least five last year. And that's the most I've seen. And it's kind of interesting because as I've done this, both sides of the world now, I work, do the tree work and I do the, you know, I, people tell me about them where before you, eh, no one would say anything, but like, Oh, Hey dude, it's like, you know, I went on this crazy call the other day. Do you know this guy? I'm like, Nope, don't know who he is. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you just, I just hear more about it. Cause I think just cause I do it, people know that they let me know. Yeah. So yeah, it's a crazy world out there, man. Holy yep. smokes. Especially in the Eugene area. Cause there's so many little businesses and so many trees. So. Yeah. And I, I think with, uh, you know, with the pandemic hitting, a lot of people were having trouble with their businesses. But tree work is one of those businesses that uh, did not slow down. It picked up with, uh, with the lockdowns and everything. I think everybody was at home 
And so, yep, yep. and they weren't spending money on their vacation. So instead they were at home looking at their trees, like, well, I'll put that money into, t- you know, contractors, any, any home repair stuff, they're all booked out. And so I, I'll bet there's a lot of people that were looking for some kind of form of income. Like, Hey, I was a logger or I know how to run a chainsaw. I'll figure it out. And that yep. is a scary mix. Yeah. That's typically how it is. So, yeah. Well, and it's not going to ever change. We're going to always have that battle. You know, with the guys that are out there know what they're doing and the guys that just, I've seen some crazy stuff, you know, driving by and you look up and like, what the hell are those guys doing? You know, they got a 24 foot ladder and a guy holding a rope with a rope tied around the guy's waist. I saw that right out in front of station eight, like eight months ago. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, it's going to be a saw that same one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was funny. Uh, a little while back, we were we were over kind of by Station 8 over in the Praslin area. And there was this guy that had killed a couple of big, big beautiful oaks in the right-of-way strip. And so we were actually working with him, like, hey, we know you poisoned them. We even sent some of the foliage to a lab at OSU to get it tested. And, yep, it came back. These trees were poisoned. And, oh, and so it turns out these guys, these people wanted more sun for their garden. Well, so I was driving by their house because they wanted me to look at something. I think they were trying to see if the trees had been removed or what the deal was. But I look over, and there's just a total hack tree crew, like no hat, total loggers. And they were in the process of felling this Leland Cypress top off of a ladder, like total cowboy crew. And as I'm driving by, they're putting the back cut in, and they cut it, and it goes the top, which is probably like a 30-foot Leland Cypress top, goes back onto the neighbor's house. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. And I just yep. kept driving. I was like, I'm not even going to stop and get caught up. You know, no, I just I just dealt with that last week. I went over off a of wall lane for some folks that I've done a bunch of work for, and they had some – so I, I was doing a bid for the neighbor. You know, you do a good job, people pass your name on, right? I'm standing there looking at his tree, and I keep looking over at the neighbor's tree. I'm like, God, did I piss those people off, or what's the deal? And I keep looking at the tree, and I'm like, and he goes, oh, yeah, those guys? Yeah, I can tell you all about that. And I'm like, what is the story? And he goes, no, they totally like you. They, The neighbor owned the tree, so they paid me to do some work in it, you know, weight reduction and bring up the canopy so that it wasn't blocking out their whole backyard. And yeah, son, I don't know who it was, what tree company it was. I, I won't even call him a tree company. He goes, they came in and so it was a huge maple and it has those big flowing, uh, arched out, uh, branches, you know, and it's <laughs> hanging there like 25, 30 feet long coming down. They stripped off the whole side of the neighbor's yard on their side and just left like this spar pole. And then all the weight is just hanging off the other side of the tree right at his house and then he goes yeah they yesterday he goes before you came they had like a 10 foot piece that was rigged and it hung there overnight in the tree (laughs) and i'm just like he goes yeah i didn't call them to come look at my tree i'm like jesus i said the first good rains we have that tree is going to end up right on the roof of that dude's house yeah there's no way in hell that tree that big is going to stand up with that i mean it literally took 50% 50% of one side of the tree off and then all the limb weight is just pulling on that tree. But it's just the way it is, man. You know, yeah. the, you guys see it all the time too. And you guys probably go do corrections all the time on people that go in and do jobs that they shouldn't do. And 
you know, and it ends up costing a homeowner a ton more money. Yeah. So, anyway. That's it's trouble. That's trouble. You know, on topic with fire department, you know, just kind of in a nutshell, you know, with, you know, Rob's been working with us and we, I know Keith was going to develop that plan, that, that class. And I'm not sure where that's at. I think he's working on retirement and he's been busy. I'm busy. Dave's busy. Ben's busy. Everybody's busy, but we need to actually sit down with Rob and, and Dave and Ben and oh, Keith and get that I, Yeah, we need to get it done. I feel bad about it, Rich, really. You know, I, yeah. I think about well, it you know, time the thing to time. Is, I'm I, like, man, I let yeah. the guys down. I, I started no, no, the no. whole thing. and well, Nobody <laughs> feels that way. I think that everything's done, and I think it's just Keith's end. He's, try, he's just – he's so busy, and he's trying to get all the curriculum done, which he can do. And then after that, it's just a matter – but the problem is, is, like, we're out – you know, we're out making thousand dollar bills, dude. It's hard to go and make twenty five dollar yeah. bills for yeah. eight hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we're not we're not trying to take away from it and it's important, but at the same time, we all have livelihoods and we all have families and we got businesses and we got shit we're doing and yeah and it makes it tough. And you know Well well I'll tell you what, Rich, count me in. Call me anytime and I'll be I'll be there to, to help and uh, you know pick up where we left off well and but, you uh, guys should check in with urban forestry because we've been talking now that you know people are getting vaccinated and the world's opening up a little bit uh yeah. we've been wanting to get we were doing a lot of these aerial rescue trainings and we want to get back into that so if you guys yeah, start moving forward be, yes because our guys right now are looking for doing some other stuff right now they've been crawling in tunnels like every two months and they're getting tired of crawling in the tunnels they we've already do done most else. of the work you know, yeah, most exactly. of the work's already done. We we developed yep. the whole class and taught it and the whole nine yards. We just got to finalize you know, the curriculum. Hey, you know, actually, I got a great idea, Rob. You know what we could do? Seriously, next year, we'll put on a two-day aerial rescue class for the Eugene guys. Yeah. All of our team. Awesome. We'll have, like, 14 guys. Tree-thinking aerial 14. rescue class. Yeah, and you could do your first class, dude. That would hey, be after. My first class? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first aerial rescue class. You mean our, our first class? Our yeah, first know, class. Whatever. No, I'll no. Yeah. I'll bring donuts and coffee. Hey, bro, we'll teach it. We'll teach it. Yeah, okay. Cap, Cap, yeah, man, we're no, gonna make it happen. It'll be a group seriously. effort. It tree thinking no, aerial rescue. Why yeah. don't we just say, hey, we're gonna do this class. We're gonna do this aerial rescue class. And make it the first one ever, and then get all these guys. Maybe I'm not down. all you're, you're so, checked me. off. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll Rich, <laughs> is, is this a? Uh, is this? Are you thinking of a class just for firefighters, or is this aerial rescue for open I, it up I, for I anyone? Think there's an, I think there's enough firefighters, but the, it's kind of the way I think about it too. It's kind of like the class I took this weekend. It's almost better to mix a group of firefighters and arborists together. Well, what we got to do, Rich, yeah. Rich, what we got to yep. do is we got to get me yep. and you and Dave and Andrew and J and Jamie yeah. and just sit down and spend an evening talking about logistics and put a class together. We've already got curriculum built. We've yep. already ran the class. We all know what we're doing. Yep. There's no reason why we can't do it. We could put a big class on if we wanted. Me and Jamie were teaching an uh, aerial rescue class to 20 arborists uh, just last weekend. Can you fly me out there for it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Now we're talking. Yeah, so Jason just yeah. asked if we could fly him out for it. So <laughs> Yeah. 
Hey, yeah. you know, he, he'll hey, be he he'll be the come? special instructor that the fire department can fund. Yeah, he'll tell the story about saving people from <laughs> yep. the airplane. Yep. We're yeah, on it. So I I think I'll I'll talk to uh I'll make a note and I'll talk to uh the team lead now that's the new guy. What we'll do is we'll just um I'll say, "Hey, you know, we got all this money and this training and all the stuff you want to do. Let's just do this class." Um the big challenge will be is we're going to have guys that you know, aren't going to have a lot of background, you know, they only That's get, right. we, can handle, we can handle, we can handle all as, levels. We it's can, a, yeah. It's the same thing as the first class we did. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's no yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as the first class we did, except, uh, it'll have to be a different location because the uh, blue river burned down. <laughs> yeah, it burned down. Yeah. That's all right. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to reel it in a little bit and get back to yep. the aerial rescue podcast. Do you have any other aerial rescue stories or information or tips or anything you want to put out there uh before we get going? I don't. No, I don't. I, I appreciate you guys calling me and um yeah, just uh appreciate what you're doing and have fun doing what you're doing and we'll talk to you guys later hopefully. Yeah, I'll, I'll be calling you soon, Rich. We'll be talking soon. Okay. And as yep. we organize this class more, uh, you know, if it's the kind of thing where peop- anybody's invited, we'll put it out there when it happens, and we'll try to get a, a big group of people together to do this class. Yeah, the big thing will be using your guys' uh, background on, you know, this is the size of class we can do, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and then we'll, we'll have to rely on you guys for that. So. We'll be able to figure all that out. It's okay, cool. Happen. Sounds good. It's gonna all right, happen. sounds good, man. Yeah, we can make it happen. I will talk to uh Nice. Count nice. me in, Rich. Count me in. Right, right. on. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Nice yeah, talking no to you. No problem. Yep. You guys have a good one. Stay safe. All yep. Right. Good talking. Yep. Bye. Bye. Jason, you got to come out, man, yep. for the for the aerial rescue. We're gonna find a way. <laughs> yeah. It, this is gonna happen. They got money to where spend. You? you heard it. Yeah. Yep. Where you? So where are you guys out of? Eugene, Oregon. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'd definitely, like I said, I'd definitely come out there. I'd have a blast. Oh, um, hell yeah. yeah. We'll climb up a big fir tree, go out into the woods, climb an old growth. How far How far away from Prairie du Chien are you? I, that one I'd have to probably an hour or two. That's not too far. I, I usually go there every year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got some uh, family that's out there, and we, we hang out on the the Mississippi out in the um oh gosh what do they call it the, there's just like there's like a strip of houses right on the river in the uh over by prairie du Chien. sounds nice oh it's great really really nice vacation <laughs> we go on every year so when i go out there i might get your info and and give you a call maybe we'll do a road trip oh yeah well three hours but still that's not bad <laughs> yeah it's not bad rob yeah, Rob's a fast driver. Three hours will go by in no time. <laughs> Maybe I'll just take a plane and, <laughs> yeah, and he can, yeah. he can rescue you, me when I You can meet him there. <laughs> or, or we can meet in the middle right in Madison. Yeah, well, oh, Madison's usually where we fly out of. Nice. Oh, you'd see that. That's like an hour away, like maybe an hour away from me. Nice. Depends on how fast I want to drive. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. We'll keep that in mind. Perfect. Well, uh... Trying to think. Anything one, else on aerial rescue what, you guys can think of? What, one thing I wanted to bring up is what your firefighter friend was saying. Uh, you know, like, you made a great point there. Like, it, you know, when I got on that scene, I, you know, from, from having training, I had that confidence. You know, I I told him, like, you know, I 
said with confidence, like, this is, this is my assessment of the situation. Here's what I, I can make it, you know, happen. And like I said, I, I originally went there not thinking I was actually doing anything, just going to give some advice. But when I got there and I saw like, yeah, I can make something happen here. And I said it, that firefighter looked at me and knew that I had confidence in it and was like, yep, it's all yours. Like do it, go, you know, like we're here to back you up at that point. And I, I love to hear a fighter fighter say that, you know, like when it comes to a rescue, we don't mind handing that off. A lot of guys, like I originally didn't think, you know, that was even like a possibility when I went there. They like said, I thought they were just going to ask me about this or, you know, like structural integrity of a tree or what would be safe to tie into. You know, I didn't really understand that there was like, that they would allow like an outsider to come in. But like he said, you, you also have to know your stuff. You have to be that confident person that, that can explain it. Cause if they look at you and you just sound like a putz, they're like, no, 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 we'll figure it out. Even if it takes longer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They don't you want know? the liability. I've heard that too. Yep. Like if you're not up in the air by the time they arrive, they're not going to let you do the rescue. Well, at least but, there's no guarantee. Some of them will, true, and yeah. some of them won't. Yep. Yeah. With Jason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it is a changing thing. Like I've heard online uh, from a number of different people that are firefighters uh, that some rescue crews will will go into trees, other rescue crews won't. Like somebody mentioned before, rated structures. Some guys, some fire crews aren't allowed to to go into unrated structures. Others are, and I think a lot of that depends on training and stuff, which is why I think, you know, more of these classes, you know, like you guys were talking about, I'm trying to get some of these set up out here by me so that, you know, we can, we can do more of these and have more, more of these rescue, uh, you know, teams equipped and have the knowledge to help us out because like, you know, you guys were saying a lot of hacks out there and stuff. There's out by me. We have that Emerald Ash board going around. There's, uh, yeah, it's a seventh of our tree population that's getting wiped out. Whoa, There's dead geez. trees everywhere, and people are, you know, you get all these people that are popping out of the woodwork. Like, I've cut down a tree before. I can go do this. And it's like, no, these are way more dangerous than you're thinking. And we've had a number of guys actually die from, you know, going up and snapping the top out. Oh. When that buckles the whole base of the tree, and the tree snaps at the base, and they go down with the tree and stuff. Jeez. You know, and, wow. Yeah. Well, you, so, know, you, know, you know, we, uh, me and Rich, the guy that was just on, and then Dave McNeil and Ben Meyer and myself, we, we developed an aerial rescue program and, and, and developed all the curriculum and we taught the whole class. It was like a four day class for like 20 people. And, um, and so it, it was a long time ago. That was probably 10, 12 years ago at least. But, um, We've got the curriculum, and I'm, I I have no problem sharing it. And if you want to be involved or if you want us to share that curriculum, yeah. I'm totally on board for that. Well, yeah, he's going to meet yeah, up I'd... with some firefighters, right? You said you were going to go meet up with them and kind of yep. talk over some stuff? Yeah, yeah I, got, it, I got at least one, probably a couple other that are going to be contacting me because it, like we, we, we did talk for probably a half hour <laughs> after the rescue, and you know, I, I made it a point to talk to him. Like, you know, like these are the kind of situations why we need to get together and, and, you know, work out something so that people know, uh, and Jambo was one of those places that really opened my eyes to it too. Uh, Scotty Olson, 
you know, when we got down there, the, the first year I was down there, and every year that it's on, Scotty contacts the the aerial rescue unit in in the whatever city that they're holding Jambo, and he brings them out there, and they they do a, a run through of stuff and how they want stuff to be you know worked out and who's gonna be leading this and who's gonna be doing that, and it's you know it is stuff like that. People that you know somebody's got to do it, and you know if nobody does it's not going to benefit anybody. So we need more people out there to, to go talk, you know, more arborists, professional arborists, to go talk to rescue units and, and work out more of these programs and stuff because there are a lot of guys that don't know what they're doing, they're, that are starting off, that are trying to, you know, do stuff because, like you said, pandemic, trying to get work and make money because they can't go to their regular job. And a lot of these guys are getting hurt and, you know, Somebody needs to be there to help them out before, you know, like in our case, most, most fire rescue situations, we, we don't have three hours to get somebody out of, you know, out of a tree. You know, most yeah. cases you have 10, 15 minutes to get somebody out of there. You know, you can't wait around for, you know, this crew to come from, you know, two towns, three towns over to, you know, help assist with it and stuff. So. Yeah, it just that's the importance of reaching out and building those relationships. And if you build a strong enough relationship, firefighters they you know they have to do a certain amount of training on all these different type of rescues. You know, and I'm sure different yeah. fire departments are different, and the way budgets are work are different in different places. But they yeah. they might have some budget set aside to do uh, some technical rope rescues, and so you might be actually doing them a favor by helping facilitate those rescues. So. Uh, it's worth yeah. building those relationships and reaching out to firefighters and, and you never know what will happen. Yeah. And like I yep. said, we already needed a lot of that footwork in developing the curriculum. I just got to get in touch with Keith and, uh, and you know, if, if you're, if you want me to send it your way, I definitely yep. will. Yeah, I def definitely do. Definitely do. I'll, I'll uh, send my info over to you guys and yeah, cool. send it over. I'd love to, I'd love to go through it. I'm, I'm big on, you know, like I, I do all, I watch all the tree stuff webinars and I do another, a bunch of other webinars through different, you know, uh, people that post them, uh, that I know like Stephanie Adams, she does more, uh, uh, sciencey type stuff, but I, I love learning about trees all in general, you know, and then like I said, we do a lot of stuff in different tree groups where we talk about stuff and, you know, the more knowledge you can get all around and just tree work, aerial rescue and everything, you know, makes every situation better. You know, the less likelihood you're going to get into an accident, the, the you know, more likelihood that somebody's going to be able to come get you if there is an accident. That's one of the nice things about uh, being an arborist. You know, I've, I've been doing it for over 20 years and uh, and I still learn things all the time. I mean, in all the time, I learn things from the people that have only been working here for six months. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. it, it surprises you who you learn <laughs> stuff from sometimes. Especially this this day and age, when you jump on YouTube and the internet and learn all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, it's true. I mean, yeah. the the amount of information that is out there for someone who's just starting is you just keep on learning is unbelievable. You know? And when yeah. you're when you're first starting, um, it's one of those situations where you're you're hungry for that knowledge. So you're going to be looking up all these tricks and the latest and greatest. Well, people like you and me are just old dogs, you know, just trying to, trying right, to man, keep no, no, going. No, I think I, the, more, the more I, the more and more I get into trees. I mean, I've been, 
I, I've been doing this what 16, 17 years now, and I I have I think more of a passion for doing it and learning more now than I ever did. Yeah, I, I would mean, agree with I, that. I, I love going to stuff. I mean, I'm heartbroken right now that I'm not at the North American Open Masters, you know, just because of the amount of knowledge you get from being with that many professionals. I mean, it, you do talk about aerial rescue there, but you talk about running your business. You talk about, you know, climbing techniques and all sorts of stuff. And you got guys there that, you know, do ridiculous stuff like, yeah, I don't know if you guys know who Chris Coates is. I mean, in BJ uh, Brock, but I mean they're setting up zip lines over lakes and stuff like that, and you, know, you just can't fathom the amount of knowledge you can get from hanging out with people like that stuff. So, oh yeah, and there's the rendezvous. There's, yeah, there's a rendezvous in Mississippi about God coming on 20 years ago, and and we set up like a 600 foot traverse over a lake there. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would yeah. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, I I saw some videos on the the interwebs. They they set the record for the most people in hammocks in a tree. What is? Yep, it? yep. I don't even know what it was. I just saw a video. Eighty five. Eighty five. Oh, we can beat it. We can beat that. No problem. <laughs> I would hope. I'd hope in some of them trees you'd be able to out there. Oh yeah, we definitely can. Get I mean, a big old growth tree and just a bunch of tree boats. I think uh-huh. my, my record's probably around twenty. But uh, but I'll bet you I'll bet you we could we could do ninety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking at one of those tree tents here. I, the, the tree climbing's become a family thing here, and uh, you know that's one thing too. I, I like seeing is I, I got uh, my younger daughter absolutely loves climbing. Uh, we I had a tree stuff party the other week, and I had her uh, SRT and probably uh 50 feet up on a rope runner and then bombing down and then going back up and bombing down and (laughs) i I joke around that you know like i'm training her so that when i get older and more senile she can save me from the tree when i go climbing (laughs) up there not really paying attention and have brain loss like what am i doing up here like oh man like yeah you got you got to have a plan b (laughs) Uh uh-huh Oh, that's cool. You know, I, I owned a I owned a company actually. I don't do that anymore. I'm I'm running an arborist business now, but um I was an outfitter guide for like fifteen years and took a lot of people up in the canopies. That thought about it, I've thought about doing that, but yeah, no, I, I like doing the tree work. That's just yeah something I can't get away from. Yeah. 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 Well, uh Jason, uh thank you so much for coming on, man. You're uh your story is absolutely phenomenal. Like I said, it is the best uh, stories from the field story we've gotten so far, and we've all we've all had twenty tries now, and you beat beat yeah. us with your first one. <laughs> well, hey, I I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate uh, the, the knowledge I gained from just talking with you guys tonight. You know, and like I said, spreading the word that you know aerial rescue is an important thing for everybody and. You know, like I said, the more people we can get training and doing it, the the safer our industry can get, and the hopefully the cheaper all of our insurance can get. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you there. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> well, we're all about uh, building a community here. You're a friend of the podcast now, so we'd love to just call you again sometime if we have, you know, we want to pick yeah. your brain on something, if you're into that. Yeah, yeah, like I said, no problem. And, you know, I'm – 
yeah, I'm in Wisconsin here, but I'm also, like I said, I'm one of those people. I'm up till 12.30, 1 o'clock every yeah, morning, yeah, you know, every night, and then I'm up at 5.30 in the morning ready to get it back oh, up man. in the tree again. Go well, there. get get ready for random calls from the Tree Thinking Podcast then, <laughs> <laughs> Friday nights. <laughs> no problem, no problem, but be more than happy to. Awesome, nice, awesome. Nice. You're the man, Jason. Right on, and we'll we'll uh, we'll be in touch. I'll give Rob your phone number so that you guys can uh, connect on some of that uh, firefighter stuff we were talking about. Yeah, do that, do that. I'd appreciate it. Right on. Sounds good. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Cool. Hopefully right, we cross paths. You guys enjoy the evening, and you guys have a good weekend, and stay safe in the trees. Hey, right. thanks. Have a good night. See ya. All right, bye-bye. Nice. Man, that is one hell of a story. Yeah. Holy camoly. And, <laughs> and just rescued three people out of an airplane. Yeah. Up. 80 feet in the canopy. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. I can't imagine. Uh, and it's like the perfect rescue scenario, right? Because nobody's extremely hurt. You're not, it's your buddy doesn't, mm-hmm. didn't just bury a chainsaw into his shoulder and there's a branch pinning him and you're trying to comp Good deal point. with this mental, like, struggle of like, my buddy is struggling here. There's <laughs> blood all over the place and I'm trying to get him down. No, you're just like, your buddy's like, hey, uh, you want to come out to the woods? We got a plane. Everybody's okay. We just need someone to climb up there and get him down. I mean, that's the perfect call right there. It's like climbing it, up to a little tree fort and getting yeah. people out. Yeah, it makes me think we got to, like, think out of the box a little more when we're just playing around doing, you know, practicing rescues. Yeah. Uh, do you remember hearing about Aerial Rescue Challenge? I think it happened the year before covid you know obviously they didn't have it this year but it was the first one the year before covid i think it was up in uh seattle i think so yeah i, I think, think you were talking about it quite a bit dave stice uh nice guy dave i think he he had a big part in putting it on and he was on the climbing arborist podcast and he actually talked about that would be one of the scenarios they were talking about is mm. having a a helicopter or an airplane you know stuck in some trees that they're going to pull people out of wow so i wonder if he he had part of that at the Wow. The oh, mayhem that, that, yeah. that Dudek yeah. was talking about. Wow. Well, my but buddies. They, they did it super realistic there. Like, you would come up sight unseen. Like, you didn't know what the, the challenge was going to be. And one of them, there was a spar rescue. And the victim at the top had a bunch of fake blood and was, like, you know, bleeding out all over the rescuer. And, you know, you'd get docked points for getting blood on you. You know, choose what side of the tree to go up and stuff. It's, Whoa. Yeah, that really, like imagine, really thought through. Crazy. Imagine trying to focus and you're kind of getting blood dripped all over you. And, like, I mean, that's real, real training. That's going to prepare you for some shit. Well, and after what we were talking about, how even just role playing it, you kind of get in or into it and the adrenaline starts. I can't imagine, like, spurring up this thing and blood starts splatting up. You know, you talk yeah. about getting into it. And that one, they, they blended rope access with arbor culture mm. in that competition. So okay. they were doing things with high angle rescuers yeah. and, and rope workers. Yeah. 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 They were doing things where there's like two stationary ropes that like the rope access guys always have to be on two different ropes. Right. Yeah. Going up those and like leapfrogging the climber and stuff like, wow. Sounds like such a cool competition. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to kind of, as, as the competitions open up, we need to start, uh, looking into the different co- cool 
aerial rescue and just competitions in general because it'd be fun to enter a couple of them yeah as a team if they're team things and if not just to check them out i'd well, miss for, them, man. for a more advanced scenario it'd be cool to put someone at the top of like a heavily uh like a limb with a, or a fir tree with a lot of limbs on it you know put them up like higher in the canopy and then do a rescue from there we were talking me and rich and dave and ben when we were doing our aerial rescue class after that, I remember saying, oh, we should do like a more advanced class where you're up like higher up in a fir tree. You're like 250 feet up a fir and, tree. <laughs> <laughs> or, or more, I mean, not even necessarily like 120, height, but just yeah. the obstacles, the obstacles yeah. between where the person is and the ground is more what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. no, and, totally. And then like setting it up to where you do like a, like a zip line, like a controlled zip line with a patient out of a canopy of a tree. Yeah. yeah, off to the side, sort of a thing. Yeah, you totally could. You know, and use the same technique Jason was talking about. Is probably what I would recommend is setting it up to where it's like set, rig a block onto the person, throw a zip line down, tie it off, put them on the zip line, and then have the people on the ground control them. Yeah, down to the ground. Yeah, yeah, be super cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> Man, what are you guys doing this weekend? You want to go? Climb <laughs> yeah. I'm working Slide Saturday. each other down a zip line. Yeah, I'm working Saturday and Sunday, or I'd uh, love to. But you know what? On We actually should do it I, on the 5th. And I'm watching Andrew's kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll come yeah. over. We'll zip them out yeah. of the tree yeah, in the backyard. No, they that would be great. into it. I'll, totally I'll send down. the kids' harnesses. Honestly, I'll send the kid harnesses. We, we could got get, a bunch of trees at the house. Yeah, that would they would awesome. love it. <laughs> but, but the 5th. We're going to be doing a big climb yeah. in Fall Creek. Yeah. I'm nice. just saying, hey, bro, I know you're you're going to be in Montana or something. We'll see. I, I'm I'm potentially going to be able to make it. Well, if you can't make it, <laughs> I might need to borrow one of your 600-foot uh, climb lines. Oh, more than welcome to. I got plenty of them, and you can take the portal edge, tree boats, whatever you want. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Send them down on a portal edge. Yeah, we're climbing a, around 300-foot fur. Nice. I believe so. Apparently, there's a a few big trees in that area. Yeah. So what part of it's a, it's up Fall Creek? I haven't been there. It's one of uh, Eric, one of the spots Eric has figured out. So I know there's a tree. Up we don't Fall we Creek. don't really talk about where they are. Yeah. yeah. I know there. It's like three twenty five. Yeah, it could uh, be that one. There's some yeah. big ones out there. So. <laughs> it's just east of here. Yeah. That's the yeah. location. Yeah. <laughs> East-ish. Yeah, you East go up ish. on the highway and you take a left yeah. and then you take another dirt yeah. road to the right. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying too much. <laughs> yeah. Sh- sh- come on. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So anyways, well, I got I got something in the mail the other day that I thought I'd uh, talk to you. Uh, somebody wanted me to, well, not just somebody, a, but a friend of the show Sent me a rake to try out. Yeah. Was it Jake? Yeah, Jake the rake. Oh, man. So here, let me nice. go get this rake real quick. Okay. All right, Jake the rake. So Jake the rake is a friend of the podcast, and he came on. It was the dichotomy of the storm work episode. Yeah. If you haven't heard that one, go listen to it. Uh, he Actually. just randomly called in, ended up being a, a great guy and a new friend of the podcast. Uh, a rake enthusiast. <laughs> a, uh, oh, he he's an incredible person. Yeah. His personality is just yeah. so so uh, outgoing. Yeah, and he just sent Andrew a really nice rake. 
It might be one of the nicest rakes I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never used it, but yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I actually got one too, and I used it today. And uh, I gotta say, I like it. I like how uh, stiff. I like a stiffer rake, and it's got a the nice, tines are nice, stiff. Nice stiff action. They are, yeah, stiffer than the like like Corona. It's about the same as Corona. Yeah, okay, yeah, nice. Yeah. They all have a similar design, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. The handle on this one is different, though. It's not wood. It's a, a composite handle. Yeah, I bet Jake handle. knows. Yeah. I bet Jake knows exactly what it's made out of. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Left ass Jake. <laughs> well, I got his number. You want me to call him? Maybe you can thank him for the rake. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, give him a call. Yeah, check this thing out. It's a uh, Razorback Professional. It's got the bolted design with the coil springs. Yo. Hey, is this Jake? Oh, you better believe it. You got <laughs> on the horn here. <laughs> How's nice. it going, Jake? Hey, buddy. I, uh, I got the rake you sent me. Oh, no way. Is this the tree thinking guys? And yeah, girls? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> this is an awesome rake. Holy, I didn't even know they made rakes this good. Oh wow, cool! I'm glad you got him. Yeah. Oh, I, man, I got a job tomorrow, and I am. It's like I'm a kid on the night before Christmas. You know, like, wow. you, well, not even that. It's more like you got a new piece of sports gear, but you can't use it until you're out playing the next day with your buddies. <laughs> and I'm sitting here holding this rake, just imagining the leaves it is gonna freaking throw. Okay, so you haven't tried it yet. No, no, I just just got it, just opened it up, and I am blown away by the 24-inch job site steel rake, the bolted design, the coil springs. This thing is, uh, this is made to to move some brush. Okay, what do you think of the name? Oh, the Razorback, man. It It sounds pretty fierce, huh? Yeah, lifetime warranty. That that means they knew what they made. <laughs> yeah. You don't see that in a rake too much, that lifetime warranty. No, no. We're going to test that, you better believe. Oh, hell yeah. Have you used this rake much? Um, Yeah. It's, it's been like a life changer for me, really. Okay. I didn't, you know, I me, mean, I've been a Corona guy for so long. It's tough to get out of your, your shell. Um, but I, someone, a friend of mine turned me on to this and I was like, yeah right beat a corona no way <laughs> yeah. um but get mostly because it doesn't even have a wooden handle yeah that you was know? that was strange that was something skeptical. rob was pointing out right away too yeah and then i mean you got 24 times the corona's only got 22 Ooh. so that was another you know twist my arm i'll give it a shot yeah 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 uh, but boy i think i might be I might be changed. I, I still have a special spot in my heart for the Corona, but um, right now I'm all Razorback. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I mean, now with these things, time is the true test, you know. So we're gonna the those Coronas they last for a while. They they hold that action after you know job site after job site. So we're really gonna have to see how this lasts long term. But in the short term, you know what it's kind of like. You know, the space shuttle will always love the space shuttle, but then there's this SpaceX Dragon. And you know, how, who knows how long it's going to like hold up long term? 
But Excellent. for now, Analogy. yeah, it looks like it's this next level amazing spaceship, and I'm I'm hopeful it's gonna <laughs> hold up as long as the space shuttle did. Wow, yeah, I mean, hold on and get ready for liftoff. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did you guys even get my number? I've been trying to call you all day. Oh, I just saved it from that last time you called. Oh well, I mean, I'm trying to listen to the show because I know it's like on now. But did you guys switch from like the FM? back to am because it was on am for a while my walkman only gets to am yeah we still we don't know how you're picking it up on your walkman yeah oh well <laughs> well whatever i miss my mom always gets the tapes from jamie for me so i can listen to them <laughs> um you know when i'm raking that's how i totally get blissed out is that you know i listen to the the pod i mean huge fan of the pod you guys keep i don't what is it why is it a pod is it because you're all together in a circle yeah like a p yeah. <laughs> oh, like a bunch of peas in a pod. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's awesome. I was wondering that for a long time. Well, that's so cool because Jamie gives my mom those tapes for free. Yeah. Well, I so forgot I to, listen to them. tell and these like, guys that I've been selling cassette tapes of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Your, your well, no, mom gets I mean, it for free, but I've been selling yeah, them. Slagging them on the block. <laughs> mom, we should really give Jamie something for all these tree thinking tapes and she's like oh i give him something all right <laughs> i don't know what she means because she like never bakes any cookies or anything before she goes over there but she sure is gone a while <laughs> <laughs> sounds like uh jamie's really profiting off of these tapes yeah. <laughs> we're doing yard but, work yeah oh well i was i'm not um did you guys i don't did, what did i miss did you guys already do the things that you did this week uh yeah we we talked about aerial rescue uh on this episode well and you know so this episode was all about aerial rescue and we didn't actually talk about we what we did this week much but we had oh. a guest on who uh earlier about a week ago rescued three people out of an airplane that crashed in the canopies in the forest in Wisconsin whoa shut the front door <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of crazy. Wow, I yeah. can't wait to get these tapes. Yeah, <laughs> Jason is uh he's got quite the story. Holy smokes. Yep, yep. I I would uh tell you the whole story, but I'm just going to tell you to listen to the podcast cuz I'm sure everybody doesn't want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I'm saying, I got some technical difficulties on my end. I was trying to listen this whole time and I don't, I don't know what's happening. I, maybe my wires are crossed. Huh, yeah, yeah. We we've been having technical difficulty this whole time. I don't even really know how it works. We just kind of talk into <laughs> oh. these microphones, and apparently people listen because I got a rake in the mail. <laughs> oh, well, it doesn't that. Oh man, I'm so glad we could make that make that happen for you because I know you do all those gear testings and stuff. Oh yeah, um, I thought I'd get put you onto some hot new shit on my end because I know you guys just you know you're always looking up. You don't ever look down. Yeah. So that's where all the good leaves are. Yeah. Oh yeah, and th thanks for dropping those eggs off too. They were really good. They're they're definitely a lot better than store bought. Oh, big Rob. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. Well, I'm oh. glad those, those those turds got out today, and they scratched up all my organic mulch rings from my trees. Oh, I don't know. Dang it. I think I need to clip their wings or something. But you know what I had to do? Long day out in the field, raking. I had to come home. Do a little more raking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that just how it goes, though? Just honing the craft, honing the craft. <laughs> well, do you got it? Do you have a story from the field? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of was hoping to get in while everyone was sharing around your pod table so I could be one of the peas too, but I don't know, you know, with COVID and stuff, and my mom says I shouldn't go over and, <laughs> and hang out with Jamie. She wants to go see what he's doing first. You know, I, I don't know. She's not sure if it's okay yet. to go a couple more times. I'm like, whatever, mom. I'll just try to call in again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess um, for today was like the best day of my life. Um, and you better believe I was raking it and not faking it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't get that. I wore my mask all day, but um after my mom's word of mouth marketing to jamie um i scored a one time day contract with modern arborist today oh nice. yeah nice yeah. that was pretty sweet is uh yeah it was just for today and just like a handshake handshake type arrangement but as you know jamie's like a stand-up guy so we just agreed to do a frosty shake from wendy's <laughs> at the end of the day and forget the hand part the shake part yeah. <laughs> because of COVID, so we just did the frosty. So that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, is is Becca there too? Who's all there? Uh, the Becca pod? Becca didn't make it. She was all raked uh, out. Oh man, we got to I got to hang out with Becca today on the job site. Me and B Sneezy were chilling. Yeah. <laughs> so B Sneezy. And you guys know Becca. I mean. That's oh, yeah. why everyone likes her so much. I know now after working with her for a little bit today, she was doing the important stuff, I guess, like helping, like helping climb the trees and she knows all the tree things and stuff. But she asked me some really insightful questions about how like she too could achieve high raking level skills, high level raking skills. And, you know, this one, I was like telling her some things and she's dragging this pile of brush over and I, I crap you not the razorback jumped onto this pile of brush and it wouldn't let go and she drug it almost all the way to the chipper and this thing was just hanging on like a beast oh wow nice. I, I, and i'd like we had to un like undo the tines from the the fir branches okay and i mean it must have been 20 yards or something this thing was just like hanging on like a pit bull just would not let go so, I mean, I don't know if the rake's got a mind of its own, but it, it holds a lot of kinetic energy. Oh, like, it's just stored in there, and it just holds it up until you, you need it. Um, but that, then she was like, we got it. And we're like, oh, oh, man, this thing's crazy. You know, this crazy rake is, is, is such a blaster. And she goes, I was like, oh, man, the Razorback. And she's like, yeah, it's a real brush hog oh <laughs> <that was> nice. <laughs> uh, I my pants a little bit. <laughs> man i cannot wait to try this thing out now yeah i'm definitely oh, going to be doing a gear yeah. review of the razorback yeah. this is uh yeah Whew. well right when i got here jake i told them about the first job we did together that was actually a no cleanup job so i was removing this fir tree it was no cleanup <laughs> job but jake brought his new razorbacks and he was super excited so I get the top out of this tree and I look over and Jake's in the woods, like raking his heart out. <laughs> no need to rake, but he was getting it. Dude, I can what understand I why. Yeah, what no, no. I'm with you. I'm about to go rake my yard and there's no leaves in my yard right now. I like I just want to feel the action of those tines. Yeah, I mean, Jamie, you're paying me with this chocolate, creamy, cold goodness at the end of the day. What am I supposed to do? Just like stand there and lean on a rake? You don't lean on the rake. Rule number one. No, no, no. I get it. You got to burn those calories so that you can, you know, replenish them with the frosty. Yeah, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my like story of the week. That's what I did the whole week pretty much just focused on that cuz I guess my mom arranged it a couple weeks ago. Um so I've just been like stoked and today finally it all came to fruition. So that was I'm so glad you guys let me share like I was like a one of a bean in your pod. That was cool. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, no, you are definitely one of the beans in this pod here. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I cannot uh I can't wait till you can come in person. Whoa, really? Oh heck oh, yeah, yeah man. We're gonna have to do a Jake the Rake episode. Wow, Jamie, you think my mom will let me? Oh yeah. I'll I'll clear got, it with her. I got the vaccine and everything. I mean. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think all of us have gotten the vaccine as well. Yeah, we're all oh, vaxxed oh, up. Yeah. 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 Did you bounce back, Andrew? I heard you really got... Yeah, it knocked me down for about a week. I was pretty low energy uh, for that week. It was... Uh, but yeah, I bounced back. I feel great now. You know. It's, oh, that's uh, the old Andrew that that we all know and love. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was... It, back you know, to 100. Back to 100. Rip-roaring and ready to rake. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, well, just... I mean, get some sleep tonight. I know you guys party down over there, and that's cool and all. <laughs> But if you're going to use that thing tomorrow, just, you know, be well rested and hold on tight because you're about to go for a ride, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Right on. Well, uh, I can't thank you enough for sending the rake. I look forward to doing a review on it, giving it the old tree thinking treatment. And, oh, good. Uh, yeah. And uh, unless you got anything else for us, we're going to uh, keep on cruising with this episode. Oh, good. We'll cruise on, brothers. Um, what what kind of um, review system are you going to do? Is it like a five-star or ten-star? Well, oh, we don't know. We haven't really of... figured that out yet. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Give it uh, one times. rake, two rake. Yeah. It could be up to 24 times. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, wow. I'm, okay. I'm going to – my initial uh, impression, just right off the bat – I'm going to give it a 20 time right off the bat. <laughs> wow. Yep. That's good to just have in the back pocket. Yeah. All right. I'll try not to get too excited about it and just, just, you know, you know how to do it. Just, you just have a good time and everything else just follows right along. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're the man, Jake. Yeah. All right. Well, thank, thanks for, uh, thanks for hearing me out. You guys take it easy. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Take thanks. care. Yeah, right. Thanks for the eggs. See ya. You got it. You got it. Buck, buck. <laughs> Oh man, what a great guy sending a rake in. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to try this out and be able to report back to Jake on on that uh Razorback. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun working with him. Like, yeah, he, he can move some brush. Oh, he seems like he's full of energy. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the aerial rescue class or anything else, or do you guys just want to um, I'm excited to do more, more trainings like that last training really, really put the fire in me to like, yeah. try to get some going, you know, it'd be cool. Even if it's informal, just do something quarterly where a couple of us meet up and, you know, yeah, in a park and do something well, or take it the next step. You know. I'll tell you what, if you've made it, if you're still listening to this podcast, uh, <laughs> and you're, you're interested, you're in the Pacific Northwest and you want to do some kind of aerial rescue training. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of interest is out there, uh, to do a training course. Um, so maybe hit us up at, 
treethinkingpodcast at gmail.com and just, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot, but just say you're interested or not or reach out in the on the social medias and send us a message saying that you'd be into it. And uh, if we get enough interest, we'll put together something. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, so last week or last Friday, we went through an aerial rescue training and it's the first half of the day was a TCI classroom course, a lot of really good information in there. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the day, we kind of did a handful of scenarios, uh, to just kind of, you know, uh, one, there was a couple scenarios we wanted to go through because people had asked about them and there were some scenarios we wanted to, you know, we thought would start some good conversation. And then at the end, we went through a kind of a just on the spot, figured something out and did it. Uh, you want to you want to kind of give us a rundown on your take on the class? Um, yeah, the, the the aerial rescue. So the classroom portion, <clears throat> I felt like I'm going to be honest here. I feel like th- things could be updated. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, um, you know the videos, illustrations. It's like split tail systems, and I agree. There's like you know putting a pulley above the hitch to like work the climber down. Something like that might not be the best option for like you know mechanical devices. Yeah, it probably work. We so one of the people we talked to at that course was talking about how you can do it with rope runner. We were there when he was talking about putting a strap on the rope runner. Right below that top beak. Oh yeah, below the bird. Yeah, and uh, and pulling down on that to break it so it wouldn't just drop you, but you could bring someone down. That's interesting. We actually trained that today, uh-huh. and it worked great. That, that was an interesting thing, uh, or that reminds me of an interesting thing about um, the aerial rescue conversation we or podcast we'd had previously, where um, you know I was talking about like repelling with two people on a grigri or right you know do it like basically doing things Pick that you off. normally would not be doing with equipment or yeah in in a normal situation <clears throat> and the story from jason was an interesting one where he's talking about how they're just like hand over handing the firefighter up to the plane 80 yeah. feet up yeah you they know must what I mean? have it's had like, it through a belay device yeah or i guaranteed there is more than just hand over hand pulling him up i don't know it'd be something to ask Ask Jason, you know, because damn it, yeah, only, we, only if we could have asked Jason. <laughs> yeah, I was you know, curious, but, but about just that. those sort of things, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like in that scenario, you like, like, where do you draw the line? With sure, it's an it's an emergency. You have to get somebody down that could be like currently dying, and if you feel confident in using the gear that you have and getting them down, you're gonna do it, right? You might you not know, necessarily need to back up your backup, your backup. You know what I mean? You're not going to take the same precautions as you normally would if you know that, like, with your experience, it's going to be safe, mm-hmm. and even if it's not industry standard. So, it, like, I've been thinking about it a lot since that last podcast where it's like, where do you really draw the line there? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting question. Yeah. You know? Is yeah, I think as long as you're confident in it, if it's something that you would feel comfortable someone rescuing you with, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I would, that might be a good gauge. That would be a good, like, I would feel comfortable with that if someone was rescuing me. Yeah. If they trust their life and they feel confident to 
you know, trust their life with that, then I would probably <laughs> appreciate that. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a well, weird. and that that's up there with one of the scenarios that me and Jamie did out at the training is I was climbing up his line, working my way around him, setting an ascender above him and then lowering us both down. Yeah, we had a pretty good, cool conversation about that because, yeah. so one, accessing, I think we talked about this on a podcast recently, but accessing up my climb line below me is not the best option, but it's an option. There's lots of things to think about, you know? Yeah. And then you put a hand ascender above me that your your new climbing system was was hanging off of right yeah and then how to back that up yeah so you you tied a prusik above it yep i put a clem heist above it and then that was attached below the hand ascender yep was your climb system attached to that as well uh so it was my rope was tied to a a, a swivel or uh what's it called a, a quick link quick link yeah and so I tied the, I clipped the prusik to that quick, quick link and the ascenders to that quick link. Okay. Just so you'd be tied in twice? Yeah. Well, that way if the ascenders failed, yeah, I'm tied in twice then. If the ascenders failed, the Clemheis above it will grab it. And I'm not really worried, about, you know, the Clemheis is just as a backup. So you wouldn't be on one single ascender? Right. Exactly. That w- you're not supposed to be on just one ascender. You're, you know, your life support. You need to have at least uh, back up to an ascender. Yeah. Well, typically, if you're climbing off just an ascender, they usually say like spike it underneath. Yeah. You know, like a slip knot with a carabiner or something. I've yeah. climbed lots on one ascender. Yeah, yeah. And I have too. <laughs> and and that was part of the conversation. Is like, hey. If you need to save me, I feel 100% comfortable you doing that. But that's not industry standards. Wouldn't you consider your double ascender, one ascender, if it's just one rope looped over a limb? Yeah. So that's just one ascender. Yeah. On your double ascender. So you're you're supposed to have a pressic above that when you're climbing on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Because if either one of those gates failed, you drop. But if you had a, a pressic above it, theoretically, that pressic would grab when the rope started slipping. And that's that's purely for the ascender, not necessarily like obviously a pressic on double rope or doubled rope. That would just be one point of attachment. But a pressic isn't like it's securing both the rope. You know what I mean? There's you're not going to have one side of that pressic release without the other side. Well, the carabiner would have to release, yeah, in order to, yeah, release the pressing, but it's still being tied into one piece of equipment. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. The, and the, the question like, people thought of was like, if if the ascender somehow sheared the rope, you know, what I mean? oh, okay, and it will. It can, I mean, yeah. that's, that's happen. usually what happens. Those ascenders will desheat the rope. Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of force. So having the pressing above it with your system on it, and then I was. Well, I think you forgot to attach me to you, but, yeah. they, but you know, you should have attached me to yeah. you. So then if that failed, we would have been hanging on that prusik. Yeah, that that was annoying because I rem- that it's like classic. You always forget something. Yeah, yeah. You so know, and you then when I'm in front of everybody, I forget to <laughs> do the basic thing. Are you but talking yeah. about just in like an aerial rescue competition setting or are you talking about in like an everyday application for like Ocean Anzi? 
Well, everyday application, from what I know, so you footlock up on your double hand descender, right? Sure. And then you have a climbing system hanging on the bottom of your hand descender. What about a Prusik footlock? Okay, same deal. Prusik footlock, footlock up, and then you have a pulley with your moving rope system hanging off that. And Prusik, you spike it, right? So you're supposed to spike it underneath so that Prusik doesn't slip down. So if the pref- you tie a knot underneath it and put a carabiner in it so that knot can't come undone. That way, if the Prusik slips, it'll catch that knot. It's like a yeah stopper knot for the Prusik. Oh, you're talking about just like down the rope away, so you don't yeah, hit the just ground, like but you might a couple fall inches, fifty feet. No, 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 no right you, below the right knot. below the knot. You just when when you decide to set up it as to hold your climbing system and start climbing off of that prusik, you just tie a knot, spike it underneath. Yeah, but while you're climbing, you're just on a prusik. Yeah, yeah. footlock yep. all the way up, and yep. then it's time yep. to get to work. Yeah, perfect. So you hang a moving rope system off of your footlock yeah. footlock prusik, and then get to work. I guess my my question is more is is it ANSI or OSHA standard to have more than one tie-in at any given time while you're climbing? I think you can have one tie-in while you're moving around, but while you're working, you yeah, need you have two. To have two. Yeah, that's okay. So yeah. yeah, if you're using a saw, yeah, yeah. If you're using a hand saw or a chainsaw, you gotta have two tie-ins, and that's yep. totally yeah, yeah, industry yeah. standard. But the uh, uh, while you're moving around, you can have one tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's what I was yeah. confirming. For now. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. These things are always changing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, th- that was an interesting rescue. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that, w- that was a fun one. And it was good conversation about different pieces of gear that people have used in place of ascenders that you could connect above them that, you know, might not have as aggressive a teeth. Was it the Taz? Was one that someone was suggesting. I can't remember all of them. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. I think that uh, it's a, a rocker. DMM, yeah, DMM. Uh, make, I'm pretty sure makes it an ascender that has much less aggressive teeth. As oh, like nice. A yeah. yeah, and I think that the the takeaway from the conversation for me was really it's about the gear you have, building the best system you can with what you have, and then just training that because. That's what you're going to be using if you're in that situation, you know. You uh, and if there's something better, go get it. Put it in your aerial rescue kit, or put it in your everyday kit and use it, and just learn how to use it. But uh, the the takeaway is there's lots of good gear, and I'm all about talking about what kind of you know me. I love talking about gear. I'm all about figuring out the best system. But while you're figuring that out, get together with some buddies, get together with your crew, and train that aerial rescue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess. Uh, like going back to just thinking about the last air of rescue podcast when I was talking about using a Grigory with more than one person on it. Yeah. Like when I would do like the big wrap outs with all the camping gear and food and like, I would have 150 pounds of gear on me when I'd be repelling out of these huge trees. Yeah. I would take, and if I was on a Grigory, I would just take the tail of it and then wrap it through a carabiner that was on a D ring and wrap it through another carabiner that's like on my bridge and then back to my hand. Yeah. And just apply more friction into the system. Yep. yep. So like that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. Like you know how to use that gear. You've been in the situation a million times. You know what the fuck you're doing. Right, right. But you know, it if you don't know and you haven't been in that situation, then 
don't be trying things out for the first time right. when you're trying to do a rescue. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I was thinking about. We're talking about doing pickoffs on a hitch. I was like, what if you put a rope wrench in like a natural crotch moving rope system to pick someone off? Because you're adding a bunch oh, of... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I bet you'd descend pretty on smoothly. Top of, on top of your pressing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it would take yeah. whatever percentage of the weight off of the pressing. Yeah. Yeah. Be cool to try that. Yeah. Somewhere low. <laughs> so putting the rope wrench on a double rope system yep. when you get to natural crotch, so you got friction yeah, up there. Up there, yeah. and we were we were talking about this today because we were going over a couple aerial rescue scenarios. And if you're bringing two people down on one uh, rope wrench, could you just add another rope wrench above it? I don't know. Yeah, I I I don't know what you know. If I'm not saying you can, I'm kind of wondering. Yeah. I've but, never tried it, but theoretically, it sounds like it would work. Yeah, yeah. It, it. I guess we'll have to try it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's only one way to answer this question: practice. Yep. And yep. There, there's so many variables in every climbing system. I mean, the diameter of the rope, and then yeah, rope. I mean, there are just so many different factors to take into consideration. It's sort of thing you have to just get out there and and try it in a safe environment. Try it and practice it and practice it because part of Part of what's going on is technology is changing. We're climbing on different things. We were talking about that. You know, a lot of us are climbing on the Rope Runner Pro now. And that's why we're practicing putting that strap on below the beak and trying to do it that way. Because as these technologies change and you get different pieces of gear, you got to figure out how that's going to add into the rescue. Or are you just getting them onto a whole nother system? So it's an interesting one. All good questions. All yep. good questions. Yeah. What were what were you, I mean? Other than getting stoked on teaching more aerial rescue classes in the future, and just I love the idea of doing tree thinking trainings. We we could do pruning trainings. We could do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, what what were some of your takeaways other than being stoked and let's do more <laughs> from from that? Yeah, from that training course. Um, I think, like you said, I think right afterwards we talked about it. It's kind of because uh, people asked, you know, all about can we use this gear? Can we use this gear? Yeah. And it's cool to like say, oh, yeah, you totally can, but you practice with that gear. Here's the technique. This is kind of the basic idea of how to do this. Yeah. But practice with the gear you have and you're going to use, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. You know? Yeah. Well, it, it, I first got that thought because everybody was talking and we were doing a boom truck evac. We were practicing how you take somebody slumped in a bucket out of the bucket. Because apparently the instructor of the TCI instructor was, had heard a story about a guy that, you know, got hurt in a bucket. And it took, did he say six guys? Six guys and a forklift to get the guy out of the bucket who, when they were just dead weight slumped in the bottom. Yeah. And so we were, we heard that. And so that was one of the scenarios we were like, okay, how, how do we get someone slumped over in a bucket out? And so what we ended up doing is bringing the bucket down and I'd, I, we should train this with, uh, the Sperry crew. Now that you guys got the bucket truck, you take the bucket down to the front corner of the bumper, rig a system off of the, uh, the platform above that you can walk on. And so you hook them up onto that system. We had a big six to ones. Uh, basically, we set a pulley on that uh, that platform and then had a Grigory hooked to the bumper. The rope went through the Grigory, through the pulley, and then onto a six to one. 
So we hooked the six to one up to uh, the victim, pulled it as much as we could to pull the slack out there. Uh, if you can't get the hips over the bucket with the six to one, then you just drop the bucket down a little bit once their weight's fully on it. What you you only want to drop it down until their hips are above the edge of the bucket because their legs will stay in there and you can just manually take their legs out and that's a lot better than them swinging around mm. when the bucket gets pulled out. So you remove the hips out, then you just boom the bucket away, lower them down, and it, it was real smooth. I think we were doing it in like four minutes from like extended way out into the top of the tree to having the guy on the ground. Wow. That's so cool. theoretically, if you're calling 911, you're probably getting them down in the about amount of time that it's going to take for everybody to get there. Well, um, I appreciate the interest in coming and teaching the crew. Yeah, no. It, well, I think it'd be it. It could be, yeah. you know. I I've never thought about it being that hard to get someone. And I don't know if that person that was in the bucket was overweight or had a bunch of gear on them or why it took so much. But you'd think with six guys you'd be able to get someone out. But you think about it, you're reaching over a bucket. Not all the buckets reach to the ground. So you, you know, you're probably not lifting with your legs. You're probably just lifting with your shoulders and biceps. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of weight. So. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting uh, problem. Other crews were talking about how they would rig it off of the boom itself. So they'd just slide up a strap around the boom and then have like a, a rigging block on there to pull them up and drop them out. And so people kept coming up with these different ideas. And my, like what I kept thinking is like, yes, whatever works. Like what gear do you have? What makes sense to you in the time? Just train it all, figure out what works best for you, and do that. Yeah, because it was like, oh, our – am I still on here? Yep, yep. It was like, oh, our bucket truck doesn't have a headache rack. It's like, oh, okay, well, you can do it like this. You have to yeah. train it yourselves on your equipment. Yeah. We could show you the, the idea, the principle of it. Yeah. But, yeah, you got to train it and figure it out with what you have. Yep. That yep. was the big takeaway, and that was – yeah, that was cool. It was a cool conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like the guys that were there. They they had good questions and good conversation. Yeah. They were they were trying to learn and figure it out and hell, that's what well, I'm that's trying the, to do. So that's the interesting thing about aerial rescue is that it's gonna come up when you're not expecting it. Oh yeah. And and most people don't like have preparing for aerial rescue as part of their morning routine in terms yeah. of like making sure that they know where it is and they're it's all dialed in. You're lucky if you got a first aid on your freaking truck for a lot of crews. Mm -hmm. And uh, so in the event that it haps happens, it, it doesn't make sense to train people in like one specific way to perform aerial rescue because right. that's not really applicable. I mean, that's not realistic, you know. So you got to train the people in as realistic as a situation as possible, which is... Do it with your gear. Yeah. Do it yeah. with what you got. You yeah. know, whatever kind of bucket truck you got, whatever kind of harness and rigging gear you've got. And, and you can't really depend on it being the same as when you're going to the aerial rescue class and you've been thinking about it for two weeks and practiced and then brought all the gear that you could possibly want for your area, aerial rescue class. And then you do it and you're like, oh, yeah, I do aerial rescue real good. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you don't even have your climbing kit with you and some other person's climbing and gets 
injured, then what you going to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the real deal right there because you're going to do something. I yeah. know I am. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. You yeah. know, then what are you going to do? Then what are you going to do? <laughs> and that's what it's about is trying to figure out how to best be prepared at all times because you never know when it's going to happen and you never know what cure you're going to have. That's another thing that we talked about that I think is important is training with the minimum gear. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's take a scenario. What's the minimum gear that if only if it's a two-person crew, one person's hurt, one person, how are you going to get them down with the minimum gear? And then train. You have as many people as you need and all the gear available. And yeah. now how are you going to get them down? Because the, the pinch points are different in both those scenarios. The problems are different. And so f- try to figure it out in different situations because you don't know. Maybe you're going to have a full crew and a ton of gear with you. And maybe you're just going to have a lower down line and some rigging gear and your climbing gear. When yep, we when we were putting that class on, like in the middle of the class, Dave and Rich were like, "All right, we're we're challenging you, Rob. Here's three carabiners and a strap. Now try and rescue him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With nothing else but this. And I was like, "All right." <laughs> Made a harness out of the strap, and I came down on a moonter. You know, and and yeah. repelled him off of his uh, double rope system, and it all worked. That's I climbed awesome. up, and yep. you know, yeah. full, you know, full locked up or whatever. I don't even remember exactly how I did it, but I, I'm pretty sure it's three carabiners and a strap. That's is awesome. all I had. Yeah, and climbed up and freaking arrow rescued someone out of a tree. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> yep, and that the minimum gear you got because that might be the situation. You never know. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Well, um, anybody got anything else to say about aerial rescue? No. Don't make yourself a victim. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the golden rule, right? Yeah. Make yourself a victim. So uh, Practice. Yeah, final thoughts. Rob, what do you got? Um, It was great to hear from uh, Rich. You know, it's been a little while since I talked to him, and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting a hold of Keith and Dave McNeil and uh you know i'm really good at like getting 90 percent of the way on projects like that and <laughs> i just need to hammer out the last 10 <laughs> percent yeah cool yeah i'd love to help you or be a part of it if i can and appreciate let, it. let me know if you need any help oh i'll, I'll be <laughs> calling I'll sweet um <laughs> uh, what do i gotta say like you were saying earlier it's a tool it's something we practice and train and it's fun to do, to train and practice it. We hope we never use it, right? Yeah. But you got to be prepared. You know, when you show up on the job site, do your job briefing, assign a rescuer, assign someone who's going to call EMS, just take all these little steps because when the shit does hit the fan, you're going to be glad you did. Yeah. 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 Where the address is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those little things, man. Yeah, those little things. Yep. Um you know, for me, I th- one uh man, that was such a cool story from Jason. Oh man. Like <laughs> just I mean it really embodied so many things that we think about with aerial rescue when it comes to interacting with the fire department, coming up with systems on the fly. You know how he's talking about changing it partway through. That was, you know, pretty legit. Um, and then Rich, man, I, I, I hope we can do some trainings. You know, we've been talking a lot about tree thinking trainings. And so 
uh, that that seems like something that could really help that uh, happen. Um, and yeah, I guess yeah, just stay safe, be prepared, um, and practice, practice, practice. Uh, so with that, I'm gonna say, stay safe, be prepared, and practice, practice, practice. <laughs> nice.